Welcome, everybody, to the Minimap Cast. This is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and I'm joined today by a very keyed out Jeremy Bradditch. Live from the void. <laughs> Oh, yeah, from here. In between with wall and door. Yeah, I'm 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 in I'm inside the graphics that I made. I've I've put up walls. People often say that I put up too many walls. I've now put up graphical walls around me. I can't I can't get out. I can I can I can get out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny. For those uh, just listening, Jeremy has continued the bit from last week of creating an entire studio in his house. And is now green screened into our video graphics. So yes, yes, yes. This <laughs> he's is just here. This is um, fun and dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I'm just in my room as usual. Uh, I didn't get the memo, but uh, I, it's okay. It still works. By the end of the year, you'll have joined me in the void at least once. That sounds incredibly ominous. Welcome. Join me in the void. You will enjoy your stay. <laughs> you will join me. Um, hey Jeremy. Hey Kerry. We, we did a big episode last week. We spoke about the point. The point. What's the point of the Game Awards? Was and we'll mm. get to the Game Awards in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then we said, oh, next week we'll definitely have something to talk about. We'll talk about the Game Awards, and the announcements, and all of that. But neither of us, I don't think, realized just how big this week was going to be for us in terms of this show. Yes. Yeah. Like I like I had an idea, but the 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 scale of it definitely ballooned in a way that I'm like, oh fuck, this is gonna be a biggie. Yeah, totally. Like I said it today. I was it last night, and I, and I was like, oh, hang on, we're gonna talk about this, 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 and the game awards. And it was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in in spirit of that, we'll 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 uh we'll get started right after you tell me this thing you said that you had to to share for the start of the show what 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 do you got for us jeremy so so th- this will actually be on brand for me but it, but it's 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 interest <laughs> it's interesting that this has actually not occurred until now um so so uh over the weekend i hung out with one of my friends and 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 when they came over we, we like the the reason they came over is cuz we we were planning on watching a movie um uh my friend, the, the the my friend who came over is is basically like my film friend. It's like they they are the biggest film nerd um, that I know. And They're the one who's filled up your Plex server. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so they wanted to come and visit it. <laughs> well, like I did, I did actually like w- when they rocked up. I pointed to the computer next to my TV, being like, "Hey, that's it. <laughs> that's the one there." And they're yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Um, they're like a celebrity. Um, the the. We we watched a movie, uh, and it was my first letterboxed review. Um, oh, something which is I think maybe a little bit surprising considering how many movies I watch and how much I enjoy doing this. Um, yeah, how much you like like quote unquote discourse. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've now I've now actually made an account and I have done my first review. It was also my friends. Uh, f- like one thousandth review or five thousandth review or something like that. Like it was like 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 a, like a bit. Or maybe, maybe, Both of those numbers are outrageous. It, it, it might have been two thousand. Um, which was funny that my first was their two thousandth. Um, yes. And what a movie. Um, that that we watched. It was a, a film called The Movie Orgy. Um, uh, and I I will I will stop you in your tracks to let you know it is it is indeed not about sex. 
Um, okay. The, the movie Orgy is a film, uh, an experimental film from the 60s, um, comprised of news reports and other films and TV shows and commercials and bloopers and music videos. And it is edited together without filming any new piece of film or footage mm. um, and edited together to uh, tell a story of uh, monsters attacking um, America. And the film is five hours long. <laughs> That's why I just gawped into yes. at the camera. Yes. I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, the Beatles are in this. Oh, this is interesting. Da, 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 da. 280 minutes. Yes, it is. It is a five hour long feature film. Um, I so 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 the reason we did this was because we we planned on it. So a, a little while ago, the week I actually moved house, which is why I didn't watch it then. Um, the Astor. Oh Cinema, my god, I see your review. <laughs> the Astor Cinema. Um, uh, which is a like a, a a really great cinema in Melbourne. It's like it's got the, like it's it's Art Deco, and they have a lot of old films there, and they have a lot of like like cult films and classics and stuff. Um, and it's and this, they do like like marathon viewings yeah. of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or Back to the Future. Yeah, or, that that was where I watched all three Back to the Future films. Um, uh, and this is this beautiful this beautiful building that it's in. Um, they were showing off. Um. Uh, a screening of the movie Orgy, um, and there was sell- they were not selling tickets; they were just free, and it was first come, first served because this film never got cleared by like the NPAA or whatever, whatever it's called over there. Um, so you like legally can only ever show it for free or in a or in a museum um, because that's not a like legal film. It was an experimental film um, when uh, Andre Dante was was in school, I believe. Um, and I tell you what, 40 minutes in, we both looked at each other being like, fuck, am I glad that I'm not in a cinema right now? <laughs> so you can get up, you can get a glass of water. Especially considering how uncomfortable the seats at the Astor are. Um, because they the- are uncomfortable. It is an unfortunate downside of that yes. experience. Yes, yeah. Um, the movie Orgy, it's not great. Um, <laughs> sure got the- and look, I, I think here's why I'm telling the story. Because... It was so hard to follow. It was a lot of things thrown together, commercials, like half an episode of Rin Tin Tin, a Colgate commercial from the 50s, part of the Attack of the 30-Foot Woman, news report of Nixon, part of the... And I was like, these things... And like, I, I couldn't follow it. I was having such difficulty following it. Mm. And I was so confused because I was like, this is all deliberate. I'm not watching someone compiling a bunch of footage and then just putting totally. it there like it's all it, it's directed in that way not just which clips were put there but why they were put in that order and totally just... totally and i i couldn't figure it out and so the day after i thought about it i thought about it I'm like oh maybe this means that or maybe this means this and I, like i started to think about it more and more and more and more and more trying to find the meaning yeah like well like tr- trying to print your bring the story together in my head now that I'd seen it. But like a, a lot of it, I don't remember because it was five hours and it was a lot of kind of n- not innocuous, but it was like a lot of footage that I, I, I didn't figure out why it was there. So it didn't actually stick in my brain, but I started to piece it together a little bit. And I was like, oh, maybe I was harsh. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Do I have to watch this again? <laughs> oh, Jeremy, no! Do I need to? Oh, do I need to watch it again? Such a sucker! I know. I know. 
I'm not going to watch it again soon. I'm going to wait a bit. Um, and I can't I, believe you'd sign up for it. And I, like I, ever. I'm not going to do it in one sitting again. I'll do it in okay. maybe two, maybe three. Um, uh, <sighs> That's a very, let's watch all of the Twilight movies because I hear the last one has some great cinematography and then never get to the last one cinematography thing to do of you, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, what's really funny is I thought about that the other day and I was like, well, I don't remember them, so I'll probably rewatch them from the start again and then get to the end. Um, but yeah, look, I, I would like to revisit it at some point. Um, perhaps it will be also my 2000th uh, review on Letterboxd. I'll wait 2000 movies and then I'll and then I'll get to it. That's fun. I like that. Um, That's but, a fun little full yeah. circle moment. Yeah. Um, but for any of those who are interested in what my review was, um, I made a very funny joke um, in in my letterbox review, um, and I've now just lost where the app is. My the the review. <laughs> I can read it if you want. I've got it here. Uh, I've got it. Uh, I I prob- I gave it two two out of five stars. I probably would have enjoyed it more if the second half of the screen had subway surface gameplay. <laughs> um, what a so. weird trend is going <laughs> on right now. Uh, but yeah, look, I. I, I am currently not going to recommend it. Check back with me in 2000 films and I'll let you know how I go. All right. Hear that, everyone? We've got to check back in 2000 films. Yeah. Even if you watch one film a day for the next... Well, rather, even if you watch one film a day, it will take you like six years to get to that number. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. How many days do you watch multiple movies in a day like how how frequently do you watch multiple movies in a day uh not uncommon i i, I will i will often i i love a double feature i adore a, a a movie night double feature watch watch two films i love a i love a double feature and i love a pairing i love it these two films are are alike um in mm. maybe it's like a maybe it's just like the first and the second or maybe it's like a director's first and second, or maybe it's two films that are intrinsically linked in a in a way that is outside of the context of each of the films. Mm, um, tonally, yeah, like like watching, like, uh, like th- th- this is this is a shitty like example, but watching Alien then watching Predator, right? Like, there's 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 a there's a there's a, a, a an intrinsic link between those two that is outside of the the text of each of the films. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I do enjoy I do enjoy that, um, okay. Or as well as you know watching Blade Runner, then watching Blade Runner twenty forty nine, or um, I think Inception and Interstellar I think actually go quite well together. Oh, that's heady. Um, sorry, heady. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, that's. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I like that. And I I think it's fun to 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 liken two films that are not not quite alike, but to bring them together in a way. And just see how it feels. Yeah, I very rarely get through three in a day, but I, I have in the past. Like I like I remember once I watched all three Iron Man movies. Um, oh, I we, believe that because because I, I wanted to know what they were like as a trilogy, considering that each of them have a different <laughs> like a different point. Um, yeah, and they're both like part of a much bigger universe. Yeah, yeah, but like Iron Man three being so much more connected to the previous Avengers film as opposed to the previous Iron Man film, I thought was, was fascinating. Yeah, totally. I did really like how they did that. Um, Iron Man three. 
Yeah, I mean, it was the first one after Avengers and Avengers was like the first one that really went as big as it did and did the whole interconnected thing. So it was, I don't know, I thought they handled it well. I thought that was interesting. Iron Man 3 is a good movie. Uh, Alex in chat says, Gone Girl and 10 Things I Hate About You. That sounds challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, enough about movies. If you didn't know, this is a games podcast. So let's start talking about them, hey? So, if you didn't know, this is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. It's called the Minimapcast. Welcome. Uh, we're going to talk about video games and also the Game Awards because that's what's happened this last week. Uh, the Minimapcast goes live on all podcast platforms every Wednesday with 24 hours of early access given to all of our wonderful patrons. More on that in just a second. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you tell your friends and give the show a positive rating wherever you listen to us. It makes a huge difference to help the show and it only takes a few seconds. If you want to get notified every time a new episode is released, you can follow us on our social accounts. That's at MinimapAU for the Minimap Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch accounts, uh, where we are live every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time for the live recording of the Minimap cast. Uh, We always hang out with the chat during and before and after. It's a really fun time. We wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And finally, Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. So if you'd like to help keep the mics and lights on over here to help uh, support Jeremy's green screen obsession, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash minimapau. And for $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, plus extra bonus features. In fact, involving that green screen desk setup that he's using right now, it's it's going to happen. We swears it will indeed happen soon. Uh, so yeah, that's patreon.com slash minimapau. And uh, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk to sign up over there. So just keep that in mind. Every every new patron, every every patron, I'll say, gets one chance to decide what is behind me within reason oh that's fun within reason i've i've veto power but you you get one you get one alex you can have you can have next week that does sound pretty good that'll be uh that'll be for year in the review won't it next week i have no idea i've not looked at that Uh, we haven't we haven't gotten that far that's Uh, all right let's stay let's stay in this week let's 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 keep it in the present literally pouring more wine as we speak (laughs) (laughs) you're like how much can i fit in this glass how much much can i how much can i fit in this episode (laughs) (laughs) just don't even bother with the glass yeah um so the way this episode is going to go we've got Four games to talk about, which is wild. We're going to talk about Avatar, because I've been playing that. We're going to talk about The Day Before, because that came out and is like vaporware, and Jeremy's been playing it. We're going to talk about the Final Fantasy 16 DLC that was announced and shadow dropped on Friday. And we're also going to talk about Alan Wake 2. Uh, but before all of those things, we're going to talk about the Game Awards. Um, now, if you were here last week, uh, you will have heard our discussion where we spoke about well, the Game Awards, but it's sort of a, like a pre-Game Awards sense of what we think of the the point of the show and it's like how it how it comes to things and what the problems are and stuff like that. And we spoke to that a lot then. Um, that conversation, I think, has proven to be quite prescient given the events of this last week where there were a lot of, uh, a lot of issues laid bare during the Game Awards. They showed um, their whole ass. <laughs> 
They really did. Uh, and it was not uh, pleasant, really. Um, so we're going we're gonna to get into it. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the announcements and, and some of the awards, but it's not going to be primarily about that. What we're really here to talk about is the structure of the show, the, the point of it, again, which is the question we asked last week, and what they did differently this year, how we felt about it. Um, yeah, I think we're just we're just kind of we're just going to get into it. Uh, so, the Game Awards aired Friday midday for us in Australia, Thursday evening in America. Um, the lead up, I think, was pretty normal Game Awards. They were like, "Here's some of the things that'll be there. There's going to be a performance from these people. We'll have this celebrity on stage. Here are the award nominees," and yeah. it was all fairly standard. And Last year, we discussed a certain amount of cynicism that you've had for the event, Jeremy, after the show. And we, I, I, th- we I think it's on. evolved from cynicism to just yes. outright uh, resentment and despise. <laughs> yes, I, I think that's a, a reasonable uh, conclusion. Yeah. We, also, we also spoke to it last week. Um, the reason why I mentioned that is because I've, in these conversations, I would say I have been more of a uh, uh, even keel sort of like see both sides kind of like uh, uh, empathetic uh, uh, yeah. to, to both problems and solutions and issues and uh, what it must be like to run the event, why it's frustrating for you and other people. Like a touch more tepid in your, in your, in your cynicism, um, which I think is yeah. often how this show goes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably our dynamic in yeah. a nutshell. Yeah. So imagine my surprise, Jeremy. <laughs> I when, imagine when, both of our surprise. <laughs> imagine our surprise, audience. When Jeremy and I were not watching it, this show together because Jeremy had a work thing. Yeah. But I was at home and I was watching the show. I was driving go-karts. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, There's a much better way to spend my days to drive go-karts around. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd come back and be like, what happened? I'd yeah. be like, this, this, this. Oh, you wouldn't believe this. Um. This, the way this show was run, the way this show was different compared to all of its previous years, brought me far closer to the way that Jeremy has felt about this show for years than I ever have been. I was incredibly disappointed with this year's, uh, with this year's show. Just, there's, there's no other way to put it. I, I, it was disappointing. It was, uh, offensive at times. It was aggravating. It was uh, not 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 manipulative because it's 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 always been heading this way. But it, like you said, like they they kind of all of the problems that the Game Awards have has slowly been developing or or been working around or have been bubbling under the surface. They were present in this show. They were unavoidable, and it, it all started for me when the uh, when Christopher Judge got to go up on stage to present the Best Performance Award, mm. got to make a joke about how long his speech was. The award goes to uh, Astarian. I forget his 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 the actor's name. We'll get to his name later. I'll I'll, talk, I'll read it out in a bit. Um, and he jumps up on stage and he's shaken and he's emotional and he's heartfelt and he's telling this lovely story. And within about sixty seconds they start playing him off. Music starts playing. And he has to wrap it up. He And it not only is that incredibly strange for that to have happened immediately after making jokes about how Christopher Judge was on that stage for nine minutes in the same position last year, but 
even without that context, and if it was just any other award and they haven't given that context, they gave such a small amount of time for the award winners to be on stage and to talk about what that meant for them and to talk about the game that, that they were representing. It was farcical and incredibly upsetting. I, and it, that was the start of the night. That was, the, that was, that was how it began. Well, yeah. really the start of it was the pre-show where they do what they always do and rattled off like four or five, well, like 10 awards in like chunks they just read the read the nominees read the winner and then moved on and there was more of that throughout the evening too um it really set me off and they continued to fail to improve right, and that's all the time we have for the show tonight um we're gonna have to wrap it up here we don't have any more uh you know i was just i just uh, well I, yeah i was just thanks a lot uh you know that that's great no 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 you're done you're off you're cut Oh man, I I was I'm struggling to tap into just how annoyed I was. I was I was in another like like freelance Discord chat at this time and and I was I was letting loose. Yeah. I was like like I wasn't like fucking swearing and <laughs> raging or whatever. <laughs> you are punching them. <laughs> I was like ah no, I wasn't like that, but like I, you know, it's like every time there was so, like the amount you know, we, the amount of celebrities we had on stage who had unrestricted time limits, and granted, they probably also had scripts, but all of them were longer than the amount of time that any of the people up on stage got to have until the very end where Jeff had relaxed it a bit because he he saw the sentiment and also apparently agreed, but who knows? Like, the amount... The, the fact that Simu Liu, who I have no problem with as a person or as an actor or whatever, I got do. up on stage and had more time to talk about his boot that he was wearing because he sprained his ankle than any of the the nominees or the award winners was fucking disgraceful honestly and it didn't stop there it was anthony mackie and it was matthew mcconaughey and it was fucking gonzo and his chicken board and and oh it was it sucked jeremy it sucked i've always enjoyed these events despite their flaws but i could not enjoy this one yeah. It stunk. And when you put together a show like this, you have a run sheet and you have timings and you have like ad timings and you have like everything is dialed down to the second because... Yeah, like they're doing rehearsals in the week leading up to it. Of course, that that's how shows work. They do that at E3, they do that at the Oscars, they do that at every at every major event. You do rehearsals, you, you, you break down the timings because that's how you have a show that doesn't run too long. Mm-hmm. Um unless you bring Pele up there. Um, and uh, what happens is, like, you you dictate those timings based on what you deem is important to your show. And so when the, like, like when the comically embarrassingly embarrassing <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sign that comes up that says, wrap it up, please, when that was... Yeah. Because there were members of the audience... Um, who were tweeting the show and stuff. There were members of the audience that could turn around and see those signs because those signs are big so that the 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 award winners um, are able to see it. They were able to time how long it was going to take before those signs actually went up. And they were 30 seconds. And yeah, I think it was like, I think that what they were saying is was 
at 30 seconds, the, the, the please wrap it up sign started yeah. showing. And then I think it started flashing the longer they took. Yeah. And then at the one minute mark, the music started playing. Right. Which, which is not uncommon for like, yeah, like it's like, it's, it's basically like warning. It's, it's, yeah, it's green light, red light, like yellow light. Like it's, it's there to like, to give you the cues to, to get you to walk off. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the fact that they had dictated 30 seconds before it's time to wrap it up. And people could see when the when the wrap it up signs were happening for the celebrities and the special guests and all that stuff, and they were not thirty seconds. They were much longer than that. You know, they had dictated, uh, like you know, five to ten minutes of of Kojima and Jordan Peele, right? Like they had oh. they they had put that time together. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't get that time, but the awards should get more than thirty seconds. You and sh- like. This this event can have evolved, right? Like this has it has evolved. It has changed every year from the last. Fine. There have been more presentations and more people turn up because it's like a, it's not not just because of the awards, but because they're showing trailers and there's announcements. Cool. That gets people to turn up. Great. But the event is called the Game Awards. It's the name of the show. It's it's that is actually the point. And if it's not going to be the point, you need to call it something else because that's not what we got the other night. We got Winter Games Fest with a few awards sprinkled throughout. It was and, it was and it's been set dressing. It's been like this for years. It has yes, been but like not this bad. It, not this bad, but but like I said to you when we were when we were going back and forth in our DMs like while the show was happening, this is it has not been this bad, but it is on track from what it's been the previous years. This exactly. is precisely this, you're right. This is the trajectory the Game Awards has been on because what matters to them most is the uh, the, the the like how many tweets it's getting, how many views it's getting on YouTube, yeah. how many people are watching it on Twitch. Are the advertisers happy? Are the partners happy? How many awards per minute can we get through when they just do the like? The part, the part where Jeff has the mic and he just lists off five awards real quick and then they yeah. cut to commercials. Again, not new, but I think they did it more this year than they have previously. Uh, I think uh, more awards were relegated to that treatment than before. I want to say that might only because they've had more awards than they have in the past, but like they have, they, they frequently do do that because um, I, I see it every single time. And like... It almost looks like there's a level of like resentment of exhaustion that he has to do this. There is no excitement about these awards. There is no celebration of the winners of these awards because they have to move on to the next one in about five seconds. And it, well, yeah, because what? Well, sorry, I'll, sorry. Well, like because like, he does like five awards in five minutes. You like you cannot celebrate that. Like it is not bring someone up on stage to accept their award. They don't like you know they will have like the big five or six awards and like and that that they deem the big five or six awards because mm-hmm. that's also putting a higher um importance on direction than sound design or something a higher a higher importance on acting than ui and accessibility or something like that and like all of these things together are important to a video game mm-hmm. i can understand some things can perhaps uh, push a med- push the medium to people who are not as into the medium 
um, further, right? Like a, like a good performance in front of someone who has barely seen video games will do more than better accessibility just because they won't, they potentially won't know what they're looking for there. But when you're the fucking game awards, the TFGAs, um, <laughs> like you have a level of responsibility here that is being abused be- because you've got the name and because you've got the star power. And yeah. I said it last week and I'll say it again, like Jeff's too close to it. He's not a good host and the show suffers because he's the face of it. it they're, and they're all linked because it's his show. All of it together, it doesn't work. It fails as an award show. It fails as an E3 presentation. It mm. fails as a show overall because it's just overall not done properly or correctly because of the nature of the show itself. Yeah. If if I've... if my guy wants a second E3 to happen in December, then he needs to stop doing the Game Awards. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't agree that he's a bad host. I think he does a good a good enough job hosting. It's not easy to host, and he does a good job at that. Um, however, I his the the motivations of this show, the goals of this show, so clearly were not about the awards yeah, this year. At the like, very they, least, it was about announcements, advertisements, Hollywood actors appearing on stage, and like. It felt like every, anything else came secondary to, all, to those three things. To the video games part. Yeah. Like and none of those things were about the games. Like, like even the ads for the games, like, like, I mean, I don't mean like the announcements. I mean, cause like, it's cause it's fun to be excited for new things. Like sure. it is an ad, but it's like, it, it's a different tone to see. There were five Fortnite ads paid Fortnite ads in this yeah. show or, it may have been that one was a trailer for, for one of their new modes, right? There were so many points where we saw Fortnite last night of, of, at the awards. And, like, so how much time did they get? Like, six minutes? Eight minutes? And, and when, this is I, one of I, the I, issues with the show itself is that the show feels cheap. It feels like it's thrown together on the dime of everybody else that he's been striving for his own level of legitimacy. And as Mm. long as he continues to take the checks of all of these companies, whoever wants to throw an ad into the game awards can throw an ad into the game awards. It Mm. will never feel legitimate because it feels like a show that is put together on the dime of all of these other companies who, by the way, have laid off a tremendous amount of people this year and mm-hmm. get to show off their, their stuff completely uncritically yep. in the face of the people who have been laid off in the favor of an awards show yep. that might as well not have awards. he's gone from getting Hollywood actors to be on the stage to give it some sense of legitimacy to it being maybe the most illegitimate piece of games media that comes out every year. (laughs) Well, I don't think we can literally say that because it's one of the most viewed pieces of games media every year. It is, it is games media. Like it's games, whether it's it, good or it, not, it's, it's, and, and it's it games is... advertising. It's not games. It's not. It's not an industry event. It is a. It is an. It is a product commercial that 
happens to have awards attached to it. Yes. Jeremy, I would like to posit a question that we can both answer or talk to. Shoot. Last year, they didn't... I think they did finally play Chris Judge off because he, he took literally nine minutes. Now, like, we got to figure something out. He who won't stop. Yeah. This year, they didn't give anyone a chance. It's not like the show started running late, so then they started playing people off and Jeff had to be like, sorry to that. Well, like, I know, but we have to start. None of that. First person, round one, go. 30 seconds, no more, no less. Like, that's how it started. Yeah. The question has been asked in the discourse in the in the preceding days of why this was the case, why it was changed this year for that. I have a few theories uh, or a few ideas, some I think that are more reasonable than others. Um, what do you think the main reason was that they went this hard for the time limit on the award speeches? Because, and this is my extremely cynical take, because of what we spoke about last week, I think that the 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 people that are running the show, whoever they may be, Jeff and Jeff's team, yes, have a have a uncomfortable desire to have the most control over every single aspect of the show. That we spoke about this last week, how there are fewer and fewer moments. You know, you you, you brought up last week the um the the Greg Miller moment where, where he thanked people from his past to that helped him get to the, to the moment of being on stage and stuff like that. And it was a really nice, no, he was, he was thanking the people from the tomb Raider credits right. that he finished. He finished the game last night. And he was like, we, we aren't here without the developers. So thank you developers. Right. Right. Um, we spoke about the Joseph Perez moments. We spoke about um, like even Chris judge as well. All of these moments were moments that were the, <laughs> the best moments that ever had ever happened at the game awards and moments that were unplanned and were mm. not part of the script. And I think that they hate that they are being defined by things that they have not got any control over. So mm. they have tightened their grip around every single aspect of the show to mm. try and avoid moments that are potentially not advertiser friendly like fuck the game, like uh, fuck the Oscars, yeah. right? Or moments where they uh, could potentially not want to market, but everybody else will when they want something. When when they have a desire to make something else, the moment of the show. So they don't want to allow other people to use the game awards as a platform if they are given the opportunity to make a speech. Yeah, or maybe have a have a moment of of. Uh, um, Disillusion, uh, disillusionment with the the industry at large, considering the amount of layoffs, or perhaps uh, champion an open letter that happened to be written leading up to the Game Awards um, from uh, the Game Awards future class um, yep. that wanted to call out the genocide happening in Palestine by um, the oppressive Israel force, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there was a level of that, and I think it's a complete travesty. And a, and a complete failure of the show that they didn't address either of those two important causes. I think that it is... Uh, there's a happy irony that I have, personally, that the most impact this show has had online is 
the Ben Starr meme. Um, because Which, by the way, was exceptional. <laughs> it was great. And you know what? The best part about it was it wasn't done by the Game Awards. They didn't plan for that. And that yeah. is now what the show has been known for. And so it happened to them again. That's great. Fuck them. <laughs> a bit of a contrarian yeah. joy from you there. Yes, yeah, yeah. A bit of a yeah, a, 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 a pleasure in someone else's displeasure. A bit of schadenfreude. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that like I and I think you touched on most of the things there. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's because Chris Judge went too long last year," and I I couldn't disagree more. No, like, like they've gone long in years prior to Chris Judge too. That was not a problem. If, if they that were was an aberration, if they were worried about Chris Judge, they wouldn't have brought him up literally first. Like like exactly. <laughs> like that's not how things work. No. So, and he he rambled when he was up there. He probably had a thirty second script. He, he was up there for two minutes. No, but he wasn't anyway. accepting an award, so they they probably gave him more than thirty seconds. And he also probably had a script. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I, do think it had a lot to do with with these causes, as you said, that we know the Game Awards were under a lot of pressure to address. And we know that a lot of the games community and the community of game developers are sympathetic to. I can easily see award winners going up there and saying something about Palestine and uh, saying something about their team who was laid off. Like... Like if Destiny had one best ongoing game and then Bungie went up on stage, right? Like, like, um, they, you know, whoever went up on stage probably wouldn't have said anything, but that would have been a horrible moment in relation to the hundred, how many, how like, it was about a hundred employees they let go early, like a month ago. So they brought Druckmann to the Game Awards. Yeah, he was on stage. I know. And they, they they said nothing about Israel Palestine, and they brought Druckmann there. Yep, that's the opposite of what you're meant to do. Yep, and God. it's like it's messed up, just in general culture. How, um, how unapproachable this the 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 topic of of the Palestine Israel conflict has become as a even just a topic to bring up without people becoming like, like without death threats and, and, and all of that, especially considering that like, it, it's a, it's a conflict. that's not even happening near us. There are so many people who go to the defense of one group over another when they've never been to Israel or Palestine, they don't have any Israeli friends or relatives or Palestinian friends or relatives. And they're, and they're, uh, the, 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 the world is twisted on this issue in a way that I do not understand and I do not appreciate because the, the problem there is that the reason that that's so toxic to the awards from the organizers' point of view, the reason why they want to try so hard to keep any discussion about this issue away from the show is because it is so polarized. It is so, like... You know, people are getting, like, we brought this up last week. People are getting fired over the support, uh, both ways. Whoever outwardly supports one way or the other, they were getting fired from their jobs and, and vilified by their by fans and, and all of that. It's messed up, though. It's not right. It's not right that one year, people, the, the organizers of the Game Awards can talk about the Ukrainian conflict and how Russia has invaded and the next year they clamp down on everything so that no issues are brought up by anyone. There's not even the chance 
for anyone to get close enough to bringing any of these issues up on stage. Not only did all of the award winners have far less time to speak, but there were far less award winners on stage because so many of them were relegated to, to, to just chunks of nominee award announcement blasts that were just over and done with in seconds. So there was, it was only like, like seven, eight award presentations. Yeah. Like that's for how many awards do they have? 20 something? Like 20, 25, 25? Like, high, like a high amount. You yeah. gotta remember it's, it's eSport, like player, team, coach, like ongoing game, game for impact. Like there's so many and they, and they're all gone yeah. like that. Yeah. This show is, I don't think it has an identity crisis. I think it is just not being honest to us about what it really is. And you're right, Jeremy, in that it is not, it's not like this year's show came out of the blue, but yeah, it, it, it's not identity crisis. It's, it's identity theft. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, in a, in a, in a decent, in a, in a, in a non-trivial way, it is like compromised. It is misleading. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, it's not, it's not what it is. It's not what it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, real quick, like just just stepping back just a smidge as well. Um, the 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 part where Druckmann went on stage and said "big fags" is just so fucking funny to me. What he said tried to say "big thanks," but to have a Zionist go on stage and drop the F slur. By mistake, it's just oh, that like, is news to me. You gotta rewatch it. We'll we'll rewatch it in the fucking post show. Oh, but we like, get kicked off Twitch. No, because I'm queer. But like, also, oh my god, <laughs> like it was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah that's. I don't know what it was. To do with it was that. definitely a mistake. But oh my god, it couldn't have come from a funnier person, considering who he is and what he stands for. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to, uh, we are going to talk a bit about the announcements and the awards. What do you want to do first, Jeremy? Uh, let's, I don't mind. Let's do the announcements. I've I've clicked on the announcements. So we haven't got all of these here. There are other ones we could talk about, but we're just, A, this is going to be a long show already. B, we've spoken about the most prominent part and, and C, a lot of these are pretty early. So, you know, we'll talk about some of them. There are others we could talk about. We'll get to it, but yeah. um, these are some of the ones that were that were interesting in their own rights, not just because they were at the Game Awards, because they are interesting industry announcements. So Kojima came out and was on stage for far too long, uh, but he showed off. It, it's so re- it's hard because like he's he's got a translator as well, so like it, like things also are longer because he he spoke for a long time and then his translator had to translate. Like I think Good that's point. why it felt longer. Um, but also they didn't account for that. They didn't like, they didn't say like, let's have this be the, the length of a normal speech, but just, you can only say half as much cause it's going to be translated. Cause we've got awards to show. They well, were like, how long can we, how much can we get out of this Kojima yeah, stone? You can't penalize him because he doesn't speak English as well though. <laughs> no, but I can penalize Jeff for scheduling it for that. Like, like Kojima took as much time as he was given, you know, yeah. like, Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. so he came up and showed off his his Xbox project that he teased a while ago. It's called OD. 
it has a few actors in it who I didn't recognize, and it showed off footage of them. Good, good actors, like really good actors. Like right, Hunter, awesome. Hunter, Hunter Schaefer is like one of the coolest young talents at the moment. So that's like mm. pretty exciting. And we, we saw footage of them screaming into a into a performance capture. Like you could see in their eyes the how they had all of those. Yeah. Like they were inside of that sphere of cameras. Um, yeah, and like it's it's the thing that like like Kojima himself has like posted that capture Rick that he's got in his studio yeah. a bunch. So it's a thing that we're we're familiar with. Yeah, and like I think the idea was that wasn't meant to be footage; those were meant to be the 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 three D models that come out of the footage. That that was all yeah, that, CG. They are. Um, the, it looked photo real. Yeah, that they are the like they're using um, Epic's um, meta human technology on that, right. um, which is. Like at the moment that starts to just get put in every game is like this is a like a really intensely photorealistic future that we're about to enter. Like mm-hmm. like like a lot of the stuff that's coming through the Epic pipeline is bonkers. Yeah, um, plus like off the back of like Nanite and I, Lumen. I saw a thing that I need to bring up about this. If you want to just quickly vamp about OD, I'll just... yeah, 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 I'll keep. I'll, so I'll, I'll run through it as well. So it's 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 Kojima Productions. It's with Xbox, and then they also announced that working on the project, it looks like it's going to be a scary horror game. It, they're also working in collaboration with Jordan Peele, who is the horror movie director. He did like, is he is he behind Get Out and yeah, um, Get Out? Did he do uh, Midsummer. No, no, he did Get Out, Us, and Nope. Get Out, Us, and Nope. Right. Uh, yeah, so that, like, that was cool. I, uh, you know, and uh, I'm, re- was, I'm, uh, I'm very excited it, just because like, I like Kojima's games and also I like Jordan Peele and like, this is going to be real scary. Um, uh, there was a thing about it, Kerry, that I just want mm-hmm. to briefly touch on. Um, mm-hmm. so Kojima loves to hide things in his trailers. As, as okay. we, this is known, um, it is he's been doing that since when he, he was in charge of Metal Gear. Yeah. Um, there are teeny tiny letters that are hidden with maybe like a ten percent opacity inside of the mouths of the actors of the performances um, from the game. That's wild. Uh, the letters spell out the word Atami. Uh, now, I want to be A-T-A-M-I. very clear. A-T-A-M-I. Yeah, A-T-A-M-I. Uh, I am reading this from a tweet from someone named Pup on, on Twitter, um, but I, I've seen a bunch of people speak about this. Um, Atami is a s- city in Japan. It is. It's a town in um, uh, Shizuoka, yep. uh, which is a Japanese word. Um uh, do you know what that word translates to, Karen? What? Shizuoka? Yeah. It, no, I it, don't know. It uh, translates to quiet hill. <laughs> That's so fucking cheeky. Uh-huh. I love that. Um, Man who was kicked off Silent Hills still making it happen 10 years later. Yeah. Um, this is not Silent Hill. Um, we no. th- like, th- this is definitely clear, not Silent Hill. Um, however, there were, there were, well, that that's one implication there, but also there's the link that people pointed out that the door they walked through on the stage 
was like a, a replication of one of the doors from PT when you walk out of the first room. Yeah. Um. So yeah, wild, interesting, exceptionally early. I don't think we're seeing that game for another like maybe seven years. You like we say that, but he seems to make games relatively quickly based on uh when Death Stranding was. Like, I, I didn't expect Death Stranding to actually come out as soon as it did, realistically, based on, like, its announcement and its release, because it was three so and a half he, years. Metal Gear Solid Five released in 2015, and then he was let go, or he left, or whatever. He I think he had a, non-complete, a non-compete for one year. Yes. So then one year after that, 2016, and then Death Stranding released three years after that. Yeah. And I think in that time he was shopping around, but he didn't he didn't form his studio until that one year had it was, passed. It, it was the the end of twenty fifteen is when he's when he launched the studio. Oh, okay, pardon um, me. And then, yeah. Um, oh, and then yeah. Well, no, we heard about Death Stranding that next E three. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, no. So he must have been working on it for most of that time then. So yeah, that's like a three four year turnaround for Death Stranding. It's been four years since Death Stranding one. Yes. And yeah, they came out with director's cut. But, but, but we, we also know that... all they've released. Well, but like, we know they're working on two projects at, at this point. Yeah, now, cause, cause it's yeah totally. Which is why I said seven years, because Death Stranding 2 is nowhere to be found. Y- yes. I, I I expect to see OD, I think, before Death Stranding 2. What? Yeah. Um, only because we heard about the OD project, I think, two and a half years ago now. Like, like, like the, the, the Xbox Kojima thing was it like, it is, it is only been announced now, but, but that deal I think was signed well over a year ago, closer to two. Uh, that was 12th of June, 2022. So a year and a half ago. Right. There you go. Interesting. Um, yeah, but on the flip side of that, it's been four years since Death Stranding won. I know. And that game we've seen like in engine footage of and Oh yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> and like they've already got the actors in and with their voice lines and yeah, like I guess. I I, yeah. f- I forget that we've actually seen way more of Death Stranding 2 than I remembered, but I'm still seeing yeah. like I'm still seeing production images of him like in his giant volume that he's built in <laughs> in Koji Prod, so hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so other stuff they announced, they showed off uh, Final Fantasy 16 expansion pass. It's two parts of expansion of, of DLC uh, and they released the first part of it as the trailer dropped. So that was a shadow drop. That's cool. It's called Echoes of the Fallen. I don't remember what the second one's called. It's coming out mid next year. Echoes of the uh, uh Wow. Yeah, yeah no, there's yeah. like a floating space station and everything. Yeah, cool. yeah Ringworld. Um, I'm going to talk more about that in the what we've been playing section. Uh, they showed off a new game announcement from Arcane, just a cinematic teaser. Uh, it's Marvel's Blade, as in Blade, Blade making maybe. a Blade game. Yeah, cool. Dope. That seems pretty great. Yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, that works with their with their powers that they like to work with and yeah. first person, and that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be really really good. Um, Sean Murray got on stage and spoke to Jeff about what the next game is before King. showing it and King. said some wild shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> he could not help himself from yeah. digging his own grave. Love that for him. Um, and then they showed off a very impressive trailer for their new game called Light No Fire, which is, it's they Sean mentioned it 
um, as saying, you know, No Man's Sky were very interested in generating this universe of all of these planets. However, with this, we sort of want to address the the problem of that, where all of the planets are sort of, they were pretty low detail. There was only so many things you could do on them. They had a small number of features. This, they've decided to make a whole planet. Mm. Like, a game as, like, big as a planet, where the mountains are, he said, they're not video game mountains. They're, like, as big as actual mountains. He's and like, there's, he's- like an ecosystem and like weather systems or whatever like and you could build bases with your friends i heard someone call it uh no man's valheim which i thought was excellent he's like a peter molyneux that eventually delivers <laughs> yeah he's a peter molyneux who's not full of shit yeah yeah he's just actually genuinely really excited about his games <laughs> oh i don't believe that peter molyneux wasn't but he he's a charlatan <laughs> yes he is but Sean Murray isn't. He just he just gets he just gets he, too excited and says too much. He just he just he just needs a, he needs someone to rein him in, and he just needs yeah, a little he, bit more he, development time than than I think he maybe needs a muzzle. Realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the trailer for that looked really cool. Yeah. Uh, Skull and Bones got a release date. <laughs> I don't believe sixteenth of February. <laughs> That's uh, in two months. Ubisoft has the ability to do in between, like. In the next two months, I think Imran said this yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, this, 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 I'm literally quoting Imran, where like Ubisoft has the ability to do the funniest thing ever in the next yep. two months. <laughs> I, 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 I think that game is coming out in two months. I agree. Um, I agree. They've been trying to get it. They've been trying to get it out the door as hard as they can. Um, and <laughs> uh, based on just like people actually playing close beta and all that stuff, like, I, like I think it's actually it's probably around the corner. Yeah, like that finally. trailer was the most interesting that game has looked ever. Um, like, they, like that is to say it looked barely interesting. Um, <laughs> but I also remember nearly none of it. So yeah. I'm fascinated to see what happens with that game when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, we got an announcement of the new game from House House, the creators of Untitled Goose Game. They're making a game called Big Walk. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, it started with, uh, the trailer starts with, bird cries of of magpies and kookaburras um, i was watching kind of funny and they were like this is scary what the fuck is this <laughs> i'm like oh kookaburras <laughs> um and then it, and it's it's like kind of semi-realistic sort of environment um not too high detail but more realistic than not and then it zooms out to see these funny cartoon almost like mr squiggle creations um and they all talk with aussie accents and they're walking around it looks like an exploration game it reminds me of Red, uh, Red Desert Render. Yeah, it right. Like a tech demo. Um, like a big exploration game where you walk around and you find stuff and you fall into holes and you laugh about it and you sit around the campfire and like that's the point of the game. Yeah. Um, and then in the pre-show, they showed off two very interesting games. More things in the pre-show too, but this is just what we're talking about today. Uh, they showed off the new game from the developer of Inscription and Pony Island. Uh, it's Pony Island 2 called Panda Circus which is cool. I did not think he'd go back to Pony Island. Yeah. I don't think we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's the, it's this, it's, it's this developer's whole shtick is yeah. to not do exactly whatever you think is about to happen. The, are you, you do, you should play Inscription. Yeah. You should, you should. I, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy playing it. Oh, you need a, I've also seen like some footage of like the second half of that game. Ah, like <laughs> ah, it took too long. Yeah, you should get but, to that bit. 
Yeah, I, I don't enjoy it though. Oh, get, get to the bit. It's boring. It's not. It's good. <laughs> it, it's not that fun. It's great. Anyway, uh, also they showed off the new game from Motion Twin, the developers of Dead Cells. It's called Windblown. It had a very, um, a really stylistic trailer. A very, it had good humor about it. But and then they showed off gameplay. It looks like this may be three-player co-op, um, almost like a Hades, like sort of isometric top-down action slasher roguelike kind of vibe, uh, but with three-player co-op. A great sense of style. I love the character designs. The 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 effects and the animations looked gorgeous. That really blew me away when I saw that. Yeah, yeah, it looks it, it looks very cool. It looks very mm. cool. Uh, there were other awards, uh, other, rather other announcements at the Game Awards, <laughs> but we are going to leave it there for the announcements and go on to the Freudian slip I just said, which is the awards. Uh, before going to the break. Um, so for this. I'm reading from IGN. I'm just going to cherry pick a few of these. Again, same deal. We're not going through all of these. I'm honestly, I'm probably not even going to go over like the nominees. I'll probably just do the the winners and for each category. And yet, it'll um, still be longer than the award show actually gave them. So, like, go figure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so this write up is the Game Awards 2023 winners. The full list from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. So uh, at the top of the list, we've got Game of the Year. I'll read this one out. Uh, so this was between Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three. Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3-1 Game of the Year, which is great. Um, there's not really anything in this list that I would be upset with, you know? Um, which speaks to the the caliber of the games that have released this year. Can you read them out for me one more time? Alan Wake 2, mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2, mm. RE4 Remake, mm. Mario Bros. Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom. Hmm. I think if they gave it to Spider-Man or Resident Evil, I would be shocked in like a... Yeah, really? shocked, but not upset, right? You know, like... I'd be like upset, they're still but... still great games. I'd be upset, but not in, an, like, not in an annoying way, just in like a... Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, best game direction, best narrative, and best art direction, uh, the three categories that follow this, all won by Alan Wake 2, which is... Uh, fascinating to see to see them sort of sweep the. I think they won six awards or something like Some, that. Something I, like that. Yeah. Oh, it was a, it was an impressive number. Um, uh, which is cool, and you know you you can see why. We'll talk more about Alan Wake two in the games we've been playing section. Uh, best score slash music went to Final Fantasy sixteen, which I think is well deserved. Um, that's a that's having revisited this game this last week, I was reminded of how great the sound and music is in that game. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It, it's a Final Fantasy game. They do fucking banger soundtracks. Like they, they do, but this one is like, like there's kind of not a bad song. There's, I don't think there's one bad song in that score. Right. That, that there's usually a, a, like, a, like there's some like, eh, and then there's like, Ooh, I don't think there's a bad song in Final Fantasy 16. Anyway, it, it could have gone to Armored Core 6, The Fires of Rubicon. And I wouldn't... No, it couldn't have. It was not nominated. No, but it, but if it did, I wouldn't have been upset. I'm just, no, I'm you're just, right. The, I'm the just putting that out for, there. The score for Armored Core is... That that, it, that sets my hair up on end basically every time. It fucks. It fucks so hard, just like that game does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, best audio design went to Hi-Fi Rush, which is great. For a game that released in January to be like an audio-focused game and win an audio-focused category in December at the Game Awards, I think is excellent. Um, 
a very competitive category. Best performance went to uh, Neil Newbond, who we mentioned before, who plays Astarian in Baldur's Gate 3. He does, like, an incredible job. Yes. Like, an incredible I, job. Sam and I were talking about about um, Astarian and how, how, how we've played so little of that game, basically, and how we've, we haven't even gotten to spend that much time with any one of the characters because we keep finding new ones. And, yeah. like, and Astarian's the next one where it's like, okay, I don't need anyone for this next mission. I want to spend some time with Astarian because yeah. he's so, like, he can't cannot help himself but be a rascal the whole time. I'm I'm very excited to see the shenanigans he wants to get up to. There was a um, I watched a, a video of him recently where the actor was was streaming with someone I don't remember. I think they were playing Baldur's Gate three, um, and they were talking and and he goes, "Oh, Troy Baker just sent me a voice memo," <laughs> and they're like, "We should we should listen to this," and so they listen to it, and Troy's like. Like, hey, congrats on the nominations, blah, 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 blah. You know, you did a really good job. Actually, you did, like, too good a job. Like, a kind of a, like, kind of a fuck you, too good a job sort of thing. It was very <laughs> funny. And That's the act- really funny. The That's actor- great. The actor was like, <laughs> like yeah. oh, my God, like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. It was really and funny. Apparently, Neil is, like, just one of the best people. Like, everything I've heard this year since the game's released, when he's doing the convention circuit, and yeah, like yeah, streams right. like this, apparently he is just the best. So, yeah, awesome. uh, you know, again, excellent performances in this whole category. It's nice to, um, it's, it, I don't know. I would have been up. I don't think I would have been upset with any of them winning this category, except maybe Idris Elba for cyberpunk. Um, who is the only person not there. They, they did the nominees <laughs> and they showed all of their cameras and it's just a mugshot of Idris. Cause of course he's fucking not there in the seats of the game awards. Could you imagine <laughs> if he was there and they didn't give it to him? <laughs> I wish that happened. That would have been funny. Uh, okay. Now's the point where I'm going to start skipping games. Uh, in, in terms of the list from IGN, uh, best awards. indie game we've, Best indie game we've got here is Sea of Stars. They they won that category. Best debut indie game was Cocoon. Um, and then scrolling down a bit more, there were a couple more I wanted to call out. Best action adventure game went to The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which I think is the only award it won that night, which is kind of mind-blowing. Stuck to you. It sits with the sentiment of that, that we have on the game, and I think most of the industry does. No one denies the quality of the game, but it doesn't sit as high for us as Breath of the Wild. It's fascinating. I think it hits exactly as high as Breath of the Wild for me. I, I, I weirdly enough, hold those games at the exact same regard. Yeah, but you hated Breath of the Wild for six years. Yeah, but now I really like it. <laughs> We call that that puts de- you in a very unique situation. <laughs> I, know, I know. We call that character development, but also <laughs> I, I like both of those games equally in the sense that I think they're both great. Yeah. Which is bizarre, and no one else shares the same opinions. Every no. single person I've spoke to either likes one or the other more, and I get to sit there being like, both is good, and they're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I like both is good. I just think they sit higher than you think they sit as high as I think. Yeah, I think they're both like nines. Yeah, I think I think they're both like nine point eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, the last one I wanted to call out was best action game. Mm. Armored Core Six won the category. 
because yeah, it did. It fucking was because, the best action game this year. Because it's the best year. action game in 2023. It's the best action game. It's the best action game. Fuck yeah, it is. And I'm and I had to, I, I was scrolling through. I'm like, oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got to We got to call this one out. I just moved my entire set forward by mistake because it's the yeah, best I action just, game I, in 2023. I was like clapping with like I like slapped my hand and now my knuckles hurt. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> we were both emphatically agreeing with each other because <laughs> we're right. We are right. We're right. Y'all should play that game. Um, was it was it um was it Jamie on Twitter this year saying, "All right, I'm going to dive in. You all better, you all better be yeah. correct about and how good this game is." And then everyone responding, "We, we are right. Yeah, we are right." Yeah, six <laughs> of us chimed in in a row, being like, "We're right. We're correct." We're right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to leave it there for the game awards because it's been an hour of the show, and we've got so much more to talk about. Um, if you've gotten this far, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, I hope the awards change um, either become more what they're trying to be or change what they're trying to be. But we have to wait till next year to find out what happens. No, we don't. We know what's going to happen next year. It's going to be the same fucking shit over and over again. And they're just going to make more and more money and they're going to get more and more views. We'll be right back. Fuck the game awards. Welcome back to the Minimap cast. Jeremy has turned into a spooky ghost. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> um, oh, uh, for fuck, those... Fucked up somewhere. Oh, that's not it. For those watching the video version or for those just listening, we just did a break where we were playing with uh, Jeremy's green screen a lot and he put us on the set of the Alan Wake 2 talk show. Um <laughs> for the whole show and then he was playing with like transparency and as we loaded in he, uh, he was half transparent just then half half opaque oh dear it's all right i think i've got it now I've jeremy got... are you a half transparent or a half opaque kind of guy uh it's a very personal question Kerry. i'd prefer not to talk about it especially in my current oh, okay. in, my, in my current state of uh, uh in between all realm I'm in between yeah <laughs> uh, ah shit very funny. I need to make a thing and then fucking leave it and not touch it. <laughs> right. Okay. But I'll do that while we're talking. Right. That oh, be- is the thing you deleted while we were in there the thing that's in the main scene? No. <laughs> it sounds like it may, may it's, have been. It's not. Would you like it, me to start, Jeremy? Do you want to fix anything? I would love for you to start. All right. I am going to start us off. What with? Good question, audience. I'm going to start us off with... Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is a game that came out last Wednesday-ish. And uh, not much has been said about it since, which is very funny because it's a huge AAA Ubisoft game about one of the biggest media franchises in the world. Um, I've been playing this game for work, making a few videos. This is an interesting Ubisoft game, and it's also a Ubisoft game. Uh and it's kind of hard to know where I land on it in a number of ways. Um, if you weren't aware, this is a, a an open world game where you play as one of the Navi on Pandora. You're trying to repel the Earth uh, corporate forces who are trying to extract all the natural resources and just shit. Uh, it's got a decent opening, and then I find the story a bit hard to engage with after that. Um, one of the 
best parts of this game are the visuals. I think it's actually really, really, really quite stunning. Um, I, it makes me wish I had a better computer to run it because it's kind of bringing mine to its knees uh, in like, like in a way where I'm like, oh man, I really wish this was different. <laughs> uh, it, it's really gorgeous. Um, and it runs really, apparently really well on full, full spec hardware, like 4090 stuff. Um, so yeah, really pretty. It does a it, it does a really good job of creating what looks like the world of Pandora. Um, Sam and I were talking about. It. I was watching a video from Digital Foundry about it the other day, and Sam was like, "Oh, this doesn't look as good as I would expect for from an Avatar game." And it's very much a thing that they were, they were saying. You know, they were they were fighting their um, their perception of the franchise based on the movies, right? I mean, there's only been two movies in that franchise and one dog shit game. Um, Hey, you, I've I've got that game. I've got the special edition with the action figure. That doesn't change the words that I said. No, it doesn't. That game's really bad. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, it's Sam actually was like, oh, really quick. Like, I had plans to play that over like the last week, but when I decided, I you, you keep bringing it up. Well, because I like my idea was I was going to review that game. And I was going to put a review up on the side of that game this week. Oh, that would be funny. But that would be so funny. It, like, it turns out it's the busiest time of the year. And so yeah, I'd the year's so busy. I certainly didn't do that. But fuck, that would have been that really funny. That gag would still play in January, though. I've got, I've got six more Avatar movies to do that gag on. <laughs> yeah, but not games. It doesn't matter. I could put out a review for James Cameron's Avatar. At the I same think time, it definitely works best work, around the time it, of the game. It does work better the on the game. It does work better on the game. Uh, yeah. So it's really pretty. It's really pretty. It's not the movie pretty because instead of like them spending ten like, years, like yeah, ten years. Well, twenty years of like research for the two movies. Ten years on the last one to create the most cutting edge, uh, filming and uh, computer generated graphic technology things for in the world. Three hours of of entertainment of media. Yeah. Of of the, of. Uh, pornography for the eyeballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Visual, visual uh, smut. <laughs> uh, they have to create a world that you can. They have to that you be massive. Have to create the world. Yeah. They have to create the, the Pandora. They have to create the hills over there, and the plains over there, and the trees down there, and the swamplands, and the and the installations. And say it properly. A Pandora. Yeah, say it. Say it properly with it with a with a bit of gusto. Was that not a bit of gusto? No, no, even more. I need more from you. All right, hang on. I got, I got to channel the the the, yeah. the, the bad guy from the first movie. You, you, like you, you got to channel Stephen Pandora. Yeah, that's it. All right, there you go. Yeah. Every every time I, I I read something out in the script, I'm like in Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Yeah. But every time I in my head, I go Pandora. Just yeah. <laughs> It's like how every time I say shit you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how every time I hear the word or say the word endurance. Or I hear no. It's whenever I hear someone with an American accent say endurance, yeah, I think of right. the Spider-Man three voiceover at the start of the game in the tutorial for the Spider-Man three tie-in movie game, where the vo- the narrator says endurance, and he says it like three times, and he says, "What you want to hear me say endurance again? Endurance." <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, that's very. Bizarre. Anyway, that's. Avatar, um, Pandora. Pandora. Uh, they've made a really beautiful world, and it's not the same as the movie because uh, they can't spend hours no. per frame. They have to spend 
uh, they have to generate more than 60 frames per second, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're currently in, like, the movie timeline. We're up to, like, early Pixar movies in terms of real-time rendering. I guess so, that, yeah. That's kind of where we're at. We're, we're not much further than that. Yeah, and to, and it that's, looks really good. That's very impressive. They're going to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the level of detail, they've got the bioluminescence on all of the plants and your Ikran and even the, the, the other Navi, and to the point where they actually give off a faint glow like in the world. Like that's really, really mm. cool. Mm. Uh, they've, they've done a great job of the vibrancy of the plants, the the, the sweeping stone arches and the, the, the verticality of the planet. It's great. Also, controlling your Navi is really good. You can, you've got a really big jump. It, has, it does that fun sense of scale thing, right? That Armored Core does, where you're fucking gigantic compared to everything else in the world, or at least human, right? Um, and so, like, you, your, your jump is really good. You get a, like a double, not a double jump, but it's like an air dash thing. That's really cool. There's a lot of times you jump fucking just off a cliff and then you call your Ikran and then you're flying through the air and you go really fast and the bows feel crunchy and like it's 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 okay however the 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 enemy variety gets pretty old pretty quickly the the crafting they encourage you to do involves you incentivizing you to do the far cry thing right of like oh i want a better pair of pants better go kill some wildlife and that's actually pretty antithetical entirely to the whole point of the avatar games and franchise and what the navi stand for um uh, so I'm, that's not I'm gonna, great i'm gonna try and find a, a review was um, it from um I I, I I don't remember who it is but if you can point me to who it was then there was fun. someone i spoke to in the discord and they they posted a thing on twitter um yeah it was adrian morales i think was their was their name who i i know from our a uh, freelance discord and there's someone who really likes the the franchise and they were really put off by this game um because of that main point, because uh, it kind of trivializes the entire ethos of what the whole franchise is about. The the thing where they're like, at, at one point in the game, you, you have to like uh, pay your respects to a bunch of um, Navi who have died. Mm. And your reward for that mission is like a gun with a silencer or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just... Yep. Jesus fuck! Like that—that that reminds me so much of the reviews from Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh right, which are like it was the same thing. It was like pay your respects to the culture that you're around and and understand what they're going through, so that you can upgrade your bow and arrow a bunch, so you can fucking kill dudes better. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, what like, do we expect from an apolitical studio such as Ubisoft, for example? <laughs> yeah, there's no politics in this one. No, no politics in there. It's it's strange. It does a thing where they they kind of. I tried the guided mode on this one, where they're like, "Oh, go north from Home Tree and and then east at the river, right?" And there were so many times I just missed the objective, and the world is huge, and it's not fast to navigate, and it just it got really? old. It's not fast doing that. To navigate? No, because like, like you are big, but the world is bigger. I suppose. Like you I, are you are the right size for the world. So you're just running fucking through the woods for ages. Are you on the Tarukmak Toe thing the whole time? Or are you can you hop in your like Ikran, a, your your yeah, bird. Yeah. You get that about five hours in if you mainline. But um, like but there's no And that feels great. And that speeds things up. 
but then you're going too fast and you can easily miss Oh, that's too fast. I thought you meant that that was not No, fast. so I'm saying on foot, it's too slow and also easy to miss the objective. On your Ikran, you go too fast and it's easy to miss the objective. Horses and other big animals... You can get on a dire horse, but you can't call one. You don't bond with one permanently like you do your your mount. Right. Uh, so you just have to find one and stick with it. I suppose that's in canon, but annoying. <laughs> and also that's later in the game. That's later than your flying mount. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I turned on the, the, the mode that just shows your waypoint, and I found that much better. However, in, in the opening hours when I was trying to do the exploration mode, it was cool to give it a go because it did lead me to, I was just in the forest, right? And I was paying attention to, all right, I'm going north of the thing. Okay, I got to wait till I get to the river. Oh, here's the river. Oh, there's a thing over there. Oh, and I get to, you know, I was in the world a bit more than that. However, there's, like, that works in a game like Assassin's Creed where they've got, like, cities and, like, different neighborhoods in the city and they can go and they can say, like, go east or, like, even, and then landmarks within the city. Like, I could say, go north of the cathedral, and then it's like two meters from there. And it's like, cool, that's easy. When this is like, go north for 700 meters from the nearest landmark and then east and hopefully you find it. Like the amount of times I would be lost, I'd turn on the mode to see the the objective and then turn it off again. And I just, I passed it five minutes ago. I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> so yeah, like, right. if you've got a hundred hours to play that game and you just want to be on Pandora, then like, fucking go for it i think that that's if you love that world then go and you you don't have to kill creatures i mean you probably have to do once or twice for quests i imagine but like you can get away with not doing it you don't need to get their resources you can buy them i've i've, but, I've yeah. found the i found the the review by the way um which was it is, the one i was saying no no no. this is from um giovanni uh colantonio um of digital trends um, and, and I think also used to write for Polygon. Um, Avatar Pan uh, Frontiers of Pandora includes a side quest where you're asked to say a few words of remembrance for the dead in front of a memorial. When it ends, you are rewarded by a legendary assault rifle muzzle. That is basically <laughs> my review. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Adrian wrote a review for uh, for Game Rant. Right. Gotcha. I saw a, I saw a, a pared down version of it on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, let me see what his final paragraph says. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in the face of an IP filled with rich themes with something important to say, Frontiers of Pandora ignores the point entirely and goes on to have a gameplay loop where players spend most of their time killing otherwise docile animals to make arbitrary numbers go up so they can be as immortal as possible within the confines of the game. This mm. would be business as usual for any other open world gameplay loop, but it's embarrassingly ironic and tone deaf for an Avatar game. Uh, a betrayal of Cameron's themes with the Avatar IP seemingly stapled together as an attempt to get a slice of the highest grossing film of all times pie. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora isn't just generic, it's downright cynical. Yeah. <sighs> Man. It's fine. It, and the thing is, I, I think the combat is only okay. Yeah. Um, like it does all of the themes. Like it does. Like it, it's like, oh, how do we translate this to what this would be like? It does that okay. It's like flying the Ikran's great. Yeah, you're kind of squishy against all of these bullets, so you got to like play stealthy. But like the stealth is like piss weak, and the combat's not much better, and uh, running around on foot is slow. So then it's just like get on your bird, fly to place, either do combat or gather a material or do a bit of platforming, and like mm. that's kind of it. <sighs> 
I'm so bummed by that because I like I was excited for this game when it was announced. Because mm. I also kind of like massive games. Like yeah. I, I, I am weirdly into the division. Like I will buy the next one. Yeah, and I will buy their Star Wars game, even if I hadn't seen the, the Star Wars game that they had excited me with. Mm. I like I I enjoy Massive's games, and uh, as you know, I I am a fan of Avatar. I am a Navi head. Um, we we meet up every second Thursday. Um, uh, permitting There's dozens of you. With, yeah, with with a permitting. Um, uh, and uh, we eat um, sausage rolls and little mini pizzas. Um, oh, we were in a Bunnings yesterday, and the smell of the sausage sizzle was strong. What what Bunnings are you going to? Where there's a sausage sizzle in December? Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah, I right. recorded podcast. Yeah, right. Okay. But oh, I can actually tell you that you know where we almost met up yesterday. Oh, that really? One. Yeah, right. Okay. That's funny. Although it's moved now, it's further down the road. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Anyway, um, let's not talk about the politics of the Bunnings locations. But um, <laughs> the, um yeah, uh, I was I was hoping for more from this. <laughs> oh, so this is an apolitical podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was. Yeah, you're hoping for more. I, I was because I I enjoy uh, on paper this game. Um, and I like Far Cry enough. Like, I don't love it, but I enjoyed the gameplay enough of three and four um, that yeah. I was like, look, I'm, I I don't mind that much if it's like just Far Cry Avatar. But I try it on Game Pass when it inevitably lands there or something. Like, give it a go. Um, I, 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 it's not worth a 100 or 110 or 120. But, but, but the issue was by the, by the time it comes around, I'm probably not going to. And also I wanted just a little bit of the special juice. Right, like, like I remember when you wanted it to be decent. Like, I, I wanted it. To, I mean, we want every game to be decent. But. We we do, but like the thing is, when it comes to like, weirdly, like Avatar is 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 a fascinating franchise, and like I briefly spoke yes. about this today, but like it's because it's a, it it it's a, it's a gigantic success success in in theory, um, and uh, like has the potential to be. Um, the Dune of Film, um, which is a oh. really incredible thing if it can pull that off. Because yeah, D-U-N-E, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, James Cameron has said, basically, for the rest of his life, he's only going to make Avatar movies and he's going to be very happy doing so. Because yeah. he's built up his studio, his team, his... His technology. His tech. It's owned by Disney now, so there's a blank check waiting for him because there's one thing Disney will let him do. It's make the highest grossing film a tremendous amount of sequels. Yeah. And the thing is, on top of all of that, on top of all of that Hollywood bullshit, cynicism mm. aside, mm. the movies are really good and also a techno technological feat. Uh, I still remember like walking out of the IMAX and like when I saw the first one when I was like 12 or 13 Yeah, and like being like two thirds of my way home and still like I was walking around actively impressed by this movie still yeah. uh -huh. like like an hour later after like trains and trams and saying goodbye to my brother and waiting for a lift for my and I was standing there I'm like that fucking movie. <laughs> so I'm going to very, very briefly paint the picture for you of what the world was like when the movie came out. 
Oh, the first one? The first one. Oh, wow. Because okay. it was 2009. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. I thought it was like seven or eight. No, no, no. It was nine. Well, it was obviously the film that popularized modern 3D technology. Mm -hmm. It was before the reboot of Star Wars. It was before the MCU as we know it. Yeah, it was between the first and second MCU movies. Yes. Um, It was before we had moved into a world where films can be constructed purely in post. True. And I remember when the movie came out, no one said that this was the greatest film of all time. But when you watch it, like you believe it immediately and you believe the characters and you believe the locations and it yeah. is it is all digital. It is a thing that every other studio has tried to replicate since. Like yeah. like the the they pioneered so much of that like like mocap facial capture yeah yeah next level the, the amount of um physical people that have been filmed and then p- put into the film I would say is about fifteen percent of the film and and eighty five percent of the rest is uh is digital right yeah and like that you know like they they composite both a lot but like a lot of it is 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 a purely digital film and every other studio has tried to replicate this. Um, in Marvel movies, in Disney films, in DC, in other major franchises. Um, and it f- has just looked absolutely fucking dreadful a lot of the time. There are some, some here and there that have, that have succeeded in that regard. Um, but more, more often than not, when a film tries to do what Avatar did, even now, mm. it looks so much worse. Right, because it's maybe not even a good movie. It's like yeah. an interesting tech demo and not that enjoyable. Yeah, and and the tech isn't good, and the film is worse, and that's because Avatar, at its core, is a is it's it's a film first, and it is tech second. Yeah, and when I went into the cinema to watch the second one, I was like, oh man, it's been over ten years. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this is going to go. And I watched it and I came out of it going, man, James Cameron knows how to make a fucking film. <laughs> that motherfucker has been a director for 40 years and it yeah. absolutely shows in this film. A director of some of the best movies ever made. Some of the best years. science fiction film ever made, some absolute all-timers, some classic films. He knows how to get actors to do performances. He knows how to block a fucking shot, right? Yep. And he knows how to do it in the in pre-production he doesn't yes. need to wait until post-production to block a shot he's got the movie he's in got his head. he's got the fucking movie in his head and that is actually the special source of avatar is that they're really well made movies the tech is great and he loves his underwater and he loves his submarines and james cameron's a giant nerd about all of that tech stuff but at his heart he knows how to make a fucking movie um, yep. and that's the special source that I was really hoping at the Avatar game was going to try and have and it sounds like it doesn't have it I don't think they've got as much money or um, prestige as that no and like look that's a really tall order I'm not sitting here going like I want a movie I want a game that is like as good as the Avatar movies I didn't need that but I yeah. wanted like a I wanted it to really like swing for the same fence that Avatar swings for. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's a shame that I think 
that w- what I'm getting from like discourse online and from you is that it's it's actually not really swinging for it. It's no. just it's just no, co- it's not. It's trying to make a by the numbers Ubisoft avatar. I would say it's trying to make the most avatar spin of the Ubisoft formula. Like okay. like it, the formula's there, and they try to do as much as they can within it. Sure, but it's tweaks and twists. It's not reinvention. It's gotcha. not. Um, it's not innovation, right? It's it's interesting decisions, um, and that's kind of it. Yeah, right. Definitely not not enough, I would say, to sustain a whole playthrough, especially not with the. You would not believe the number of side quests these bloody Navi give you. My God, and the humans, like it's just you. Like you do the main story in an area, and you go back everyone wants to talk to you they all want you to go find a fucking tree and the fruit in the tree and it needs to be an ex- an exquisite fruit so you need to get it at the right time of day and it's got to be raining and you got to find out how to how to harvest it and you go there and you cook it and you get a new recipe great and then the next person wants you to take a moth to a tree but you can't run too fast and it's like and there's just more and more and more of them. Like, they're fine. They're okay. And they're, like, decently enough voice acted. But, like, I could not believe the number of these side quests, Jeremy. You know what I really think I realize I want? And you're going to call me a fucking dickhead. <laughs> you're going to be a sucker, Jeremy. I really want a really slow and boring Avatar game. Boy, do I have the, the do I have an option for you? <laughs> no, but I want one that that mostly focuses on the culture and the world. Like I want, you I want w- like the the Assassin's Creed discovery mode. No, 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 no. I want like I want the Avatar game by way of like Death Stranding. Oh right! Like it's all about like it's conne- contemplative. It's yeah. tone. It's mood. Yeah, like it's it's about like connecting and 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 understanding and. Meditation through gameplay. Yeah, like like building up a a a building a up a slow force of of overall good in the planet. Man, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Anyway, <laughs> not sorry, not in like a no. Forget I forget what you're saying. In like a we didn't get that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I know. Um. So yeah, a shame. Not a too shame. surprising, but a shame. Yeah. 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 Be fascinated to see if you do ever get to it. Look, there's a good chance I'll get to it in like four years and I'll think it's like the coolest shit. Yeah. Like like every now and again, like like I love a couple of stinkers. Like mm. I like I, I still think that Rage Two is like an extraordinary game. <laughs> yeah, I keep every time I see it, I'm like, Oh, I should I should try that. Every I, time I see it. I think like they, to this day, it's been out for four and a half years. To this day, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe this time. I think that game rules in in the weirdest of ways. Yeah. Even though yep. overall, like, I know it's a bad game, but I think a lot of it, like, absolutely fucking whips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about that first Rage game, though? Yeah, not good. Uh, well, uh, I think what I'll do is I'm gonna I'm gonna run over my thoughts on the Final Fantasy 16 DLC because it's not going to be too long, actually. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so they shadow dropped this at the Game Awards, which was cool. What's it called? Um, it, the, the first part is called Echoes of the Fallen. There we go. The Fallen, if you remember from Final Fantasy 16, they're that ancient civilization who they've got that, all that, 
ancient architecture around that around the place. So yeah, that, this that, is exploring one of their things. They were the ones that it was like the first primes to come here before um, Optimus and stuff rocked up, and and because they were banished, um, and they were like living inside of that pyramid. And yeah, 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 with the old spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny how it's what you've said is actually exactly the same thing as the plot of that second Transformers film. I guess so. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. It's bad. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Um. So it's not a super long tra- uh, DLC. It's it's only accessible in the point in the point of time where you unlock the final mission and before starting the final mission, uh, which is where where any like. The DLC only unlocks after you, after you've done every main quest except the final mission. Well, well sorry, in sixteen, if when you beat the final mission, do you continue onwards? Uh you you get two saves. I mean, unless you save over your first one, but you you create it. You can create a new game plus save, and then you have a save of that you you did it. But here you are in the moment before you did it. Um, Is there a chance that someone like me would have finished that game? And then saved over my last save. I don't think so. I okay. think you're. I think you're prompted to make. I think they say in the text boxes when you start a new game, like, "Okay, hey, maybe don't save over your old one." Yeah. Um, but I I thought it was interesting that it's like like it's not unusual for them to for for games to have like story DLC that requires you to be a certain percentage of the way through the game to access. But like 90, like 98% of the way through the game before you can access the DLC is interesting, especially considering it's not like, it's usually either like midway through or like post game. Yeah. 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 And this is, this is neither of those. It's an interesting spot. Yeah. Usually it's like, like midway through, but you can access it no matter what. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like like a button you press. Yeah, or like like, like um like Horizon when like like you have to just reach a certain point and then the area unlocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or um Spider Man I think is all post game right. setting. Um because yeah, he talks to Miles in certain ways, I think. Sure. Um, anyway. Uh it's kind of short. Um you kind of have you go for a run around in like the open world for like 30, 45 minutes. And then uh, you enter a fallen structure, and that's the like one like mission because you know how you'd be like in the world and you'd have your map, and then you'd you'd start a mission, and you didn't have a map in those areas, and it would be like encounter after encounter, and those are the more bespoke level areas where you couldn't visit them again later. You've got a big one of those, like a a really big one of those in this, um, and that's the the majority of like the new enemies and uh uh environments uh, it's 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 the the bulk of the entire DLC honestly mm-hmm. um and what this DLC did a great job of was remind me about all parts of this game what i mean by that it reminded me of the things i like about it and the things i don't oh okay uh, <laughs> Because it's not different, it's just more. Right. Um, I'm sitting here going, oh boy, I hope they give me some character moments that I thought were coming and never came. And they don't happen. They don't even come close to happening. And I even saw the perfect spot. Like, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember, in Rosaria, near the castle where the Rossfields grew up, there's uh, there's that nearby there's that nearby Castle Phoenix Gate where the, the, the big event of the prologue happens. Yeah. Um, 
But in between here and there, they mention a few times there's a spire. That's, spoilers, that's where the DLC takes place. It's in that spire, because nothing happens with that in the main game. Gotcha. From that spire, you, you ascend the spire during the DLC, and at one point you look out of one side of this like circular terrace and there's like viewports on the side of the tower. You can just, and then just look out on, on into the twins. And in one of these ports, you can see Phoenix gate where the big event of the prologue happened, which again, spoilers for the opening of the game is actually just a fucking crater now. And you see that from like a thousand meters in the sky. Yeah. And you're there with a certain character, a certain party member who was also there during those times, during that time. And I'm like, this is, uh, you didn't play the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being purposefully vague because it, it is a big pivot point of the story. I'm just going to leave it at that. But so, so, there it's, so, so. he's not at Phoenix gate. Oh, right. Okay. I and thought, you're there with a I'm, character who's... I'm definitely who, thinking and, of an entirely different segment when you talk about the prologue, but continue. Oh, yeah, no, I mean the prologue prologue. Yeah, not right, the, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, oh, I was like... No, they, no, no, no. They, they bring, no, 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 they, no, no, no. They bring him back. <laughs> you think I, I... Don't you think I would have led with that? Don't you think the trailers would have led with that? I didn't watch the trailer for this. Sid's, Sid's dead. Don't worry about it. Spoilers. Fucking... Anyway, um, like as if. anyway, so like you're standing there with this character and like the events of the prologue, I feel never get discussed. They never get reconciled. Like that, like everyone moves on and there's this moment where you can see it. You can see the effect it had this, 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 this megaton effect it had on the, on the world in across, like, like you can look at it. It's right there and no one says anything this is the land where these characters grew up and they say fucking nothing they don't say anything about it i'm like what are we doing here guys that's so funny. come on it's right here they don't do that that's hilarious that's actually combat's great that's actually so fucking funny the combat's it's, great it's, it's it's this game to a t like i said like it's 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 exactly what we got with the with the game we we get we get uh, a lack of character moments for some bleedingly obvious material that I wish they would give even a surface glance to. And then we get plenty of other conversations about how, oh, what's up with these animals? Why are they here? I don't know. And we slowly figure that out. And we need that too. I don't want that to be gone, but only having that is very dry. Are there any women um, in this one? Yeah. Uh, do yeah, they do, Jill's around. Do they, does Jill do anything or is it just like the first game where Jill doesn't actually do anything? Uh, well, I... Uh, no, but like okay, none so of it's them the same do. Game. It, yeah, it's just the same. Yeah, right. Okay, we're but just... like no one else does anything except Clive. Like it, it's 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 really short. Right. How, how... Like it's like three hours. Like it's just it's it's one mission. How you much... know, like it, they're not reinventing the wheel. How much money is it? Uh, like fifteen bucks for this episode. Yeah, fifteen dollars. Yeah, for like three hours of brand new content. Let me say. It's good. It's good. If you like the game. Yeah. Right. It's it, They've got an excellent boss fight at the end. The music, my God, Jeremy, the some of the music that they've added specifically just for this DLC, 
Oh my god, I'll I'll find it and play it for you when I can. Like I might have to record it on my system and like upload it somewhere, but it's great. Well, like the, sorry, really quick on the price. If if the game is $125. Yeah. Is this version of the game worth 140? <laughs> if you got as far as the final mission and you want more, yes. Okay. Like I, I think for for anyone who who gets that far to the point where they unlock the game, uh, they unlock that content. I th- I don't think that's too tall an ask. I think it is it is worthwhile because, I mean, I feel like it's the mechanics of the game that pull you through that far rather than the story, and that's what you get more of here. Right. Like I said, you get you you just get more of what this game is. If you like this game, you'll get more of exactly what you got in the original game with the DLC. And for me, like I said. Having that reminder, I actually really appreciate, especially heading into end of the year, because I'm very prone to being negative on games that finish in a way that I feel a bit nonplussed about. Famous example, the first Wolfenstein reboot game, whatever that one, New Order. Yeah. Um, that I I like it. I, I was enjoying it. I was whatever, and it, and it ended in a way, and I'm like, fucking, what was the point of that? And I really soured on it. This game kind of did a similar thing. I didn't really sour on it, but it ended in a, in a way where I... It ended far away from the highs of the start of the game for me. Right. And that has left me thinking that, like, oh, do I think this is, like, a six? But a six. getting to play, it reminded me that it's all of it together, the good and the bad. It comes together to bring it more into the middle of, like, yeah, an eight. Into, like, a seven. And I appreciate <laughs> What? <laughs> all of the... You know, I thought it was, like, a six, and I was like, oh, God, that's... That's quite low relative to, to like a big franchise. But, you know, remember coming back to it, being able to play all of it, it's definitely much closer to like a six and a half or a seven. <laughs> <laughs> if that were the case, I would not say it was worth it. Um, yeah, it's, um, I think this is the smaller of two parts. Uh, in the, the next one, hope they've, so. showed, they've showed images. There's uh, rising Rising Tide is what it is called. Thank up. you. Thank you. They've, they've showed images. You get access to uh, new iconic abilities. Uh, there's going to be a new um, icon fight. That that segment is going to be a bit more more different, like new abilities, new skill tree kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, icon, so the, the, the icon stuff is the best part of 16. So, like, yes, good. Like that, and I'm, I'm actually a little bit shocked they haven't led with that, to be completely mm-hmm. frank with you, that they didn't, like... Give you. Another I honestly just one. don't think they had enough like bandwidth to create. They like they've got one in this bundle. Yeah, no, but I'm also I'm I'm actually still kind of a little bit reeling that it's that you've already finished the DLC and it took you three hours and it cost you fifteen dollars. That's yeah. that that's that's like a really tall ask for me. That's like considering, and you know, I don't like. I'm well, a, I didn't buy it for fifteen. I bought the bundle for like thirty five. Right, but is it? Is... Apparently, that is a discount price for buying it together. Okay, so, so I think the second one's going to be like thirty dollars. Jesus. Okay, because that sounds really bad to me. <laughs> like considering that, like how much was... you also didn't enjoy the game. No, I know, but but like outside of that, like thinking about the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC or Phantom Liberty, like there's and you know those are those are different games, but like like. Square Enix has realistically always overpriced their DLC, and their DLC has almost famously always underdelivered. 
Um, right, okay. The, the Final Fantasy 15 DLC is really bad. Um, and the Kingdom Hearts DLC was also really bad. What and, would you say about Integrate? Uh, uh, Integrate is tricky because it also sort of came along it's at the kind same. Of a new release, uh, yeah. Like it came along yeah. with the with with the additional thing. How much yeah. was like? Is Integrate a thing you can buy separately? Uh, I think the upgrade was like thirty bucks. If you aren't, if you yeah yeah, you can episode intermission. It's thirty dollars. But Integrate you're already the base game. Integrate is like eight hours or something. Uh, I think it's more like four to five for the main story, and then you can go again for the trophies. Right. Okay. Um. <laughs> that that like yeah. it, again, it's different because they were they they also like they they did a little bit more work on the overall game and they made it look nicer and it's also new next gen exclusive, so you couldn't buy it. Wasn't thirty dollars on PS4 for four hours of content? It yeah, was it, like the the upgrade and the upgrade and it's one, one it, low because you got the you didn't you get the next gen upgrade on its own without the oh, fuck, yeah but that was that was a weird like if you're in the game on disc you get the upgrade but if you don't but if you're in a digitally you don't but then they did it anyway it was oh no it wasn't if you're in a digitally you don't it was if you own if you if you claimed the ps plus version you didn't get the upgrade yeah it was a whole thing um, until later integrates its own beast um but yeah like it's also great <laughs> yeah but like look thirty dollars that's like a that's half a again it's not one to one, but that's half a Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. Like there's there's a lot of like True. I don't like three hours. That's really short for them not to include an icon fight. No, they, they, there is a lot of good Clive combat fighting. Like there are is that his last name? Multiple new bosses, and they're they're hard. Like it's like it feels like post game content, you know. Like it fit, it matched where I was up to. It didn't feel like it was, it was like, oh, this is just like mid game faff. Like, why am I bothering? It was like, oh, this, this presents a new challenge. This is giving me something, a new combat challenge I didn't get in the main game. And that's, a, I guess that's what you get okay. in this. Um, yeah, it's not just rote repetition. Um, uh, but yeah, you, you did mention Burning Shores and uh, Phantom Liberty. Burning Shores is thirty dollars. Phantom Liberty, I've, off the top of my head, is forty five or fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, 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 it's a higher premium, but it's still Phantom Liberty is like a twenty hour experience, isn't it? It's like, something like if, that. I yeah. think if you do the side content, yeah, and a lot of that is like premium voice acted, like fucking yeah. So yeah, no, it's a it's a good point. Um, I can see the argument that that's too much. I think it's fine. Thirty-five bucks for the two of those. I'm more than happy to pay that and get what I get. Another. I, the other thing is, I don't want it to be too long. I've spent seventy hours on that save. Like, I don't need, I don't need a fucking twenty-hour expansion for this. Right. Especially if they're not going to give me what I want. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that sounds overall great for you. Then they gave you a little bit of shit as opposed to. All. I had a. Gr- I had a great evening. Okay. With it. Okay. <laughs> The music slapped, and the boss fight was cool. The worst thing they could do for this game is make me stay here and here longer and have a high of a great time. <laughs> the worst thing they could do is make me think I would get what I want and then not give it to me again. Yes, yes. Anyway, Jeremy, I I pass the ball over to you. Speaking of a terrible time, <laughs> <laughs> your words, not mine. <laughs> I played. The day before. Holy shit, it came out apparently. It came out. I spent 60 Australian dollars. Oh. 
on the day before. Speaking of too much money. Too much money. I I didn't I didn't spend that money knowing that I was going to get anything good out of it. I spent that money knowing that I was going to get a bad experience out of it. Yep, yep. This is journalistic curiosity more than anything else. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how much I talk about. Um the game is terrible. It's like really bad. This does not surprise me. No. But would it surprise you? The answer to this question is also no. But would it surprise you to know that beyond the game not being what they promised, it is like unbelievably different to what they promised? Like, like at a fundamental level, this is not the game that we have seen. Right. It is not an MMO with, like, it is not a survival MMO. This is an extraction shooter. <laughs> yeah, like, this is a different game mode altogether. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, so, 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 the, so, so, okay, so for those who are not familiar, the day before is a game that was, uh, it's made by a team called Fantastic. Um, I just, I was just looking for the website. And the top stories are the day before descends to Steam's ten worst games ever list. It was Steam's highest wish list game for years. In between mm-hmm. them being taken off Steam and bringing it back on again. Oh, this website is there's nothing on it. It's, um, mm, I don't know what I expected. So yeah, so so fantastic is a um studio that has made like a handful of other projects. Um, the most recent one is a game called Prop Night. Um, like some multiplayer shooter type thing. Um, I've not played it. I'm not super familiar with it. There's a lot of things about Fantastic that should give everybody the biggest sirens and red flags imaginable. I'm not going to go into that right now because I need to verify a lot of the stuff that I have. I've, I've, I've been following them for a while, um, mm. we'll say. Um, the game is launched into early access um, after numerous delays and a whole lot of uh, uh, information posted by the developers that has a dubious legitimacy mm-hmm. behind it. Um, but at its core... Days Gone was promised to be the day before. Sorry, sorry, the day before. So, 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 so like, I, I, and I'll get into why I keep misnaming the game. Um, mm-hmm. but like, but uh, the day before, um, was promised to be uh, a um survival MMO, um, set in this world, and you would um be able to shoot zombies and loot zombies and then you would have like a plot of land you could build up and then they showed more and more things like weapon um uh weapon customization and and different like social gameplay mechanics similar to things that you see in like armor and daisy and tarkov and stuff where you're talking to like the other people and stuff in the world and you're trying to convince each other not to shoot or whatever and 
and there's you know like health and water and hunger and a lot of this the the standard survival mechanics that you're after but it was promised to be this one this all-in-one kind of zombie survival mmo Mm. and that is not what this game is fucking hell this is a game that when you start you do the most basic of character customization I'm now going to stop saying the most basic of because I think that actually applies to the entirety of the game because okay. every single aspect of the game has been bought and configured from a pack, an asset pack, and then thrown into a single project and then released on Steam. That is what this game is. It's kind of fucked up, hey. I don't even... I don't even hate, like, intrinsically hate that. I don't think that games that are bought with asset stores are, like, lesser than others. No. But when you are promising a thing and you deliver something that is entirely different, that is when you are rightfully called out. Game Awards! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Are you, are you okay? Do you need, like, Sorry, some, my, some my, water? Sorry, my water bottle's yeah. running out, so okay. my throat's yeah. getting a little dry. No. Sorry. I, 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 I hope it's okay. Um... The the day the the day before, um, the, the you, you so you start off with character character customization, and then you wake up, um, in uh, a like an infirmary with a doctor and he's talking to you, and then you do a whole bunch of basic, like, the division knockoff things where it's like, go talk to this guy, go talk to this guy, go talk to this guy. Yeah, and then you, you meet everybody in this in this small little town, like that's like in a in a in a building, nondescript building that's got a bar and it's got an infirmary and it's got a sauna. It's a building town. Yeah, and it's it's a little community that has been built inside of this this building. Um and you meet the folks that are there, the 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 handful of NPCs that 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 are fully voiced, which we'll also get to very soon. Um <laughs> And then uh, they introduce you to the plot of land that they've uh, provided for you, and you can do a whole lot of um, placing down props, like a bed, a light, a table, a radio on the table. And then you go back to the building, and then they're like, "All right, all right, kid. Like, here's a here's how to do a weapon customization, and head on out there." Mm. And then you do what is in the game referred to as a raid, which you then go into the town, the the open world, um, which is all of these things feel almost identical to the division. That is how the game is structured, aside from the plot of land thing. Mm-hmm. You then go into the world, you have no objectives. You can open up your little PDA thing and you've got a handful of quests that have been like emailed to you. I, I recommend to anyone who's got a computer or a device handy, pull up, um, I've just pulled up IGN's first 22 minutes and I'm just watching it while you describe things. You, and, um, I, you might mean the only 22 minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, the, whole, the full game perhaps is, is what they should call that video. Um, full game walkthrough. Um, you then go into the town and you can like, like you get a couple of quests and they, they tell you to go to a place and usually it's like, get a couple of things for the kids that we've got at the thing or get some radios or whatever. And so you pull up this map and you walk all the way there. You maybe kill a zombie on the way there or you try and avoid another player. 
Um, and that's as far as I got. I tried. In how long? Couple hours. I tried for a very long time to finish a single quest, and I couldn't. Oh no! The objectives simply did not work. I don't know where they were. I couldn't find a single radio or a single thing for a kid. I couldn't find anything. And by the time I got anywhere close, I was then shot by another player. Oh no! Um, what's worse is that you wake up without any weapons or or, or items. Oh, when you die in yeah, the, yeah, in yeah, the like world. you lose your your thing. Huh? I don't know how to buy another gun. Okay, and so I was just fucked. Perhaps I missed on the I missed out on the gun merchant. I looked for a gun merchant. I couldn't find a gun merchant. I could find like gun upgrading. Maybe there's a gun merchant that I missed. And that didn't solve the fact that even if I made my way over to the objectives without um, uh, a weapon, which I did, I couldn't find a single objective. Oh my God. So I'm going to go back to the beginning again. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to rewalk through this whole thing again one more time. And I'm going to give some more information now that, oh now, now that you understand what everything is. So when you start the game, you have the most basic, terrible character customization you then make your way into this world you wake up on a bed in an infirmary and yeah. it plays out the exact same way as fallout new vegas for some yeah. reason now in the past the day before trailers have always replicated another game and i for the life of me cannot figure out why they have always replicated another game the font of the day the day before um, is uh, the same font as The Last of Us in done in the same style. A lot of their press images have always replicated other video games. Mm. Their trailers, which are no longer on their YouTube channel, always also had a shot that replicated another video game for some reason. I don't know why. The UI looks a lot like GTA Five to me. Kind of, yeah. There's no minimap. Um, uh... And then you make it into this this world, this this little weird community town that has no sense of space or shape or character. Mm. You have a bunch of NPCs that are barking the same conversations over and over and over again, and they are all using AI-generated voice. Oh, no. A lot of the images for advertising, for items, everything is... every. Every image that is depicting an item or an advertisement or a sign or whatever is all AI generated. Um, the movement feels default armor ass fucking movement with the Q and E to lean, um, the same stand, crouch, prone, run, jump, the same thing. The only difference is there's no vaulting like that armor does, but like it might as well have the. Inventory is the same inventory that you've seen in all of those games. Um, the characters don't have anything to do. There are no characters with anything to do. You get your quests when you're on a raid. The plot of land has a seemingly no point. You don't gain anything from your plot of land. It is purely cosmetic. 
And when you're in the game and actually playing it, it is the worst version of Daisy that I've ever played. Oh, now, no. Now, and it was a janky armor mod. Yeah. Like, as a character, like, movement, it's fine. It feels like the most default-ass fucking Unreal, like, character in that regard. It's not like mm. it's it's not like it's worse than than how Daisy felt, but there's nothing to fucking do. <laughs> um, what I will say, and and this is probably uh, a credit to the um, assets that they have purchased for the game, the world itself looks visually nice, even if it has zero character. Um, that being said, it is a tremendous step down from the stuff that they had shown leading up to release. Right. Um, in terms of lighting, in terms of effects, in terms of character in the world. Um, there's no voice communication at all in the game. Um, you can press F1 and your AI-generated voice will just bark the worst, like, barks you've oh, ever heard in your fuck. life. Fuck. Um, this is a scam. <laughs> we we knew, you and I knew this. We've been, yes. like, I've been following this and feeding stuff to you every now and again, being like, look at the fucking shit, right? And, like, so we knew this was a scam. But... This is like the most like this is a heist. Yeah. They have done a heist. In broad daylight. Yeah. They've done a heist with the backings of uh like MSI and the backings of NVIDIA. Oh my god. They've done a heist with the 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 promotion of like IGN. Like yeah. they have committed like theft. <laughs> Um, if you have bought this game, you should refund it. If you have not bought this game, you should not buy it. Mm. I I will not be refunding it because I, I, I have a desire to keep continuing it. Um, there's like a story here. <laughs> All of the developers of the game, bar one, have left their Discord. Um, Whoa. they have closed down their discussions on Steam that you cannot make topics anymore. Whoa. Like, this is, like, really bad. I um, mean, we knew it was going to be, but you're right. This yeah. is, that's the next step, hey? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's stuff happening here. There's juice. Yeah. So, that's the day before. Fascinating. Yeah. Deeply. I'm sad it's all, all of this is to say that it's in people. it's in early access. This that is important to note. They are not sell, they are not selling a True. finished game. True. They are not selling a video game at all. There is no loop. There is Fucking no there, sixty dollars. There is no gameplay. That, there is gunplay. Okay. There is no game here. A game does not function here. There is no win state. There is barely a lose state. Oh my god. Like that like there is not a video game here. Oh, they've barely got any talking points on the on the page. Why would they? Survive at all costs. Fight other players for survival. Survive against the deadly infected. Collect valuable loot. Explore the beautiful and richly detailed New Fortune City. Enter skyscrapers, stadiums, ma- malls. Uncover distant surroundings. Uh, There's a bit more, but not much. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 tremendously bad. Sounds like you should buy Daisy for sixty dollars rather than buy this for sixty dollars. Daisy, at least I have had a I, I've had a lot of fun playing that game years ago, and and it is a game. It's a game. Wow, eighteen thousand mostly negative reviews. That's yeah. a huge number of reviews. Yes, yeah. Like you know like, that means that like 10, 15 times that number of people bought it. Something like that. Like it's also getting bombarded, but also yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Um. The other game that I've been playing. <laughs> they started working on this game the day before it came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the other game you've been playing. It's called a, a video game called Alan Wake 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. I think it won uh, some awards recently. Yeah, yeah. At some show. I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, yeah. I, this uh, video game, Kerry, um, <laughs> is probably my game of the year uh-huh yep you are very you, you've been sending me messages of like uh, holy shit uh, they're doing this and they're doing that uh, you are you are so in on this game in a way that i'm a little bit jealous of honestly uh, yeah. but please go on tell me tell me about your experience this is like the coolest game in the world <laughs> <laughs> so like so like i've so th- th- there's there's three things there are three key three key things that i adore at this game what <laughs> what are you laughing at this is such a a non it's just such a non-critical statement uh, yeah, from a, you a like, i don't remember the last statement. time you just gave me like a fanboy statement like yeah. that before like it's yeah. been so long yeah um three things three things you said so, like, I've spoken to you about this, so you know what you're what what I'm I'm about to say. But like, I cannot comprehend how dope it is, and and I usually don't fuck with stuff like this. But in this context, they are leaning so far into it, and also weaving it through the text and tone of the game that I cannot help but adore it. Alan Wake. <laughs> Is a is a a video game that came out like ten years ago, yeah, ten um, plus ten plus years ago by Remedy, and it was directed by a man named Sam Lake, who is the creative producer or director of Remedy, the studio. Uh-huh. Sam Lake is famous from also being the face of a character called Max Payne from the video game of the same name. Now, in Alan Wake Two, Sam Lake is once again. Uh, uh, put his likeness into uh, Alan Wake 2 as the character Alex Casey. Alex Casey is a character in the video game Alan Wake 2 who was created by Alan Wake. The author. The author of the books in the game's universe that are the Alex Casey series. Alex Casey's voice in the game Alan Wake 2 is done by the voice actor of Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Alan Wake's in-universe movie adaptations of his books of that are known, uh, the Alex Casey books, have a film adaptation where the main actor who plays Alex <laughs> Casey is Sam Lake. Yep. Like literally in universe, Sam Lake. In universe, they they, they, they refer to him as Sam. And this is all in the 
dream world. I don't know if the movies ex- exist outside of the dream world. No, no, yeah. no, no. In the in the in the world where Alex Casey is a character, it is a coincidence that he is a detective called Alex Casey, and he knows of the author Alan Wake because he kind of resents the fact that Alan Wake wrote books about a character named Alex Casey. And he also is a detective named Alex Casey. And when they also voiced by Max Payne, also voiced by the voice actor Max Payne, also like physically modeled after the appearance of Sam Lake. Now, now that in and of itself is cool, but not the point that I, not the part of it that I love. The part of it that I love and adore with my whole heart is the fact that there's a scene where Alex Casey, the detective not the one written by uh, Alan Wake, meets Alan Wake for the first time. And they have this bizarre moment where Alan Wake is looking at the de- the FBI detective, Alex Casey, in this weird, like, I created you sort of way. Like, he's looking at him going, like, you're the guy from my book. How am I in standing here on this fucked up beach um, looking at the character that I created in my book? And the character Alex, uh, sorry, the character Alan Wake is looking at the face of Sam Lake. The face of Sam Lake is looking at Alan Wake, who is the cre- character that Sam Lake created. Mm. That whole. But f- Alan Wake is also the creator of Alex Casey. Yes, who yes, he is yes. looking at. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like. That whole like it it's just good. It like that is so good because that is a thing that you don't need to know to understand why that moment is weird. That moment is weird without knowing that. Because you know because yeah. you understand in this text that Alan Wake created some stories called Alex Casey. And then when Alan Wake is suddenly in the, in the room with Alex Casey, like you get that from Alan. He's looking at Alex Casey being like, wait a minute. Like, and, and Alex is, oh, yeah. Alex is giving him the look of like, Oh fucking this guy. Yeah. This guy who fucking has made everybody mock me because I'm, a, I'm also a detective named Alex Casey. But like, if you know that additional context, it, it like, gives you another layer that is not required, but they are still directly talking to. But again, is not required to understand those scenes. That's true. And that makes it rule so hard. It's like, funny, I, I spoke to... I, I, I showed Sam a scene from this game. Yeah. Because uh, they, they kind of played a scene at the game awards from the game one of one of this game has like a moment and i and i'm I'm still going to keep it vague i don't know if we'll talk about it more but i I showed that scene to sam because uh i had the save right and that meant i I was talking about it with sam and how you had been saying these things to me and how you were saying like how it's oh it's meta narrative this and that and how that only spoke for, for me as a detail like that's a cool that's a cool thing and then i move on like it does it does very little for me and 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 i was talking about how you were like oh like you know like they've they've done this at remedy and it's all this and like can any other director do this and how i was like calling you on that i was like i don't know that's a bit like that's a bit like yeah to to like auteur theory like meshed in for me i I, didn't sit well with me and sam was like Jeremy's right. I'm like, 
<laughs> and that's that's as someone who Sam is a, a literature major. Sam understands and appreciates subtext. And I usually don't. Like, so like, this is not surprising to me that it plays out this way and that it that it washes over me and and it goes like eight layers deep for everyone else. It, it, but, it only works in the context of Alan Wake being a writer and hmm. Sam Lake being a writer. Like, like that is like, it is, it, 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 it you're right. It is like, it's very specific. Yeah. Like it is very specific. And it also like, it also requires, and you know, like, again, I, I, I will agree with you that I also do enjoy pushing back on auto theory and stuff. Um, because we both agree that games are made more than just one, made by more than just one person. Like we know this. Mm-hmm. Especially games this big. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Especially. Um, like, but that being said, there is still a director's voice in a lot of this stuff. And and when we yes. had, when we had this conversation, like we 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 were talking about these games, we're talking about like Druckmann's games versus, or like rather Druckmann's uh, Uncharted or Druckmann's Naughty Dog games versus Hennig's Naughty Dog games. Um, talking about Kojima, especially like he's obviously got a very strong directorial voice mm. in his projects. Um, and like by extension, like Corey Barlog, you know, yeah. they, they operates in that space. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nomura is another one. Um, yeah. Th- there's, there's a level of like, yeah, like it's, it's not auteur, th- it's not auteur theory, but it's, it's, it's a clear direction from a, from a singular vision or a, or a vision that is perp- uh, like brought together by a, by a single person sometimes in this instance. Um, and that, yeah, like I think this works in this context because Sam Lake is a writer, Alan Wake is a writer. He's and he's like, he's a very tortured writer. <laughs> he's so, ex- so exhaustingly tortured, so so tired all the time. I, I mean, it's important. It's something that's really interesting with this game. Not only that it's a sequel that came out thirteen years after the original, and there was mm-hmm. another one in the middle there. But also the fact that at the end of the first one, he gets stuck in like a purgatory hell yeah. and doesn't see the light of reality until 13 years later yeah. when the events of this game start to take place. That's, that's fucking intense. Yeah. And, and for them to, to, to then do like American Nightmare, an American Nightmare which um, introduces Mr. Scratch and then do Control, which then like it very lightly teased Alan Wake and then they did an Alan Wake DLC that like they have like earned this momentum on Alan Wake 2. Um, And like, you know, talking about Alan Wake 2 as like, as, as a, as a magnum opus for Sam Lake. Mm. And and (laughs) there was a moment you and I were talking and you were like, I don't see how he's like that it like immediately directly involved or something. There was something about it. And well, my- I, I just get a sense that remedies are very team based sort of effort. It's never felt to me like, Oh, if it weren't for Sam Lake, the whole studio would look entirely different. Do you remember the response that I had to that? Oh, I don't. I just sent you a, a JPEG of Alex Casey's face. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. <laughs> like he's the literally way I- in the game. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's there like, 
Yeah, pulling that face he does. And and you said that, and I remember being like, hmm, <laughs> you make a good point <laughs> or something. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. He pulls the Max Payne face. That's more of a reference, but it's like... I also think it's like maybe the extent of what he wants to and can do, you know? Like, he's he's a director. He's not an actor. No, I know, but he's pulling the Max Payne voice... Sorry, the face mm. while Max Point Max Payne Max Payne is voicing him in the world. Like it's all he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't looking at his work and Sean Ashmore is in it. Again, this is the the other point. Again. Yeah, like the the attachment to um uh, uh quantic uh, quantum break quantum break, not quantum dream. Quantum break is that like Sean Ashmore is here as well and like he's not he's not playing the same character, but like when you are doing work that is self-referential to your previous work and you're bringing everything forward, like you are you are including it at least in a way that makes the audience, if they are familiar with your previous work, consider it as uh, not connected, but mm. um, a predecessor to this, um, which. I just, I love so much. Like, it is such a strongly directed game. Like, there is, like, we haven't, we've barely even, I've barely even spoke about the actual game Alan Wake 2. But, like, yeah. there is so much, like, um, there, there is such a clear vision in this game that they are making the game that they were, that they have wanted to make. Um, which is so cool. They really swung for something, Gary. Um, they sure did. They sure Undeniably. Did. Not Und- even in like a, like, and therefore it has merit kind of way. In like a, holy fuck, they swung for something and pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking explicitly to the game part of it now, uh-huh. um, I really like the gameplay in this game. Like, for both characters. Um, I like they're 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 both. It's it, it's funny because um playing Alan Wake one um into two. I'm glad I did, even though I d- I didn't play a lot of it. I'm glad I did play Alan Wake one because they have put Saga in the position of Alan Wake, um from the first game, where Saga yeah. is the one that is exploring these these uh woods and small towns and small town dynamics and and reality. <laughs> Like, also. yeah, yeah, like, like, and like reality, but also the, the reality that is being manipulated by the pages. There yes. is, there, there and is, finding pages. Yeah, yeah. And, and the pages then fucking up her real life. There's, there is a, like, a wonderful, um, kind of, like, dyad between mm. Saga and Alan Wake from the first game, where she's living through basically what he did reading yep. his words while also she's kind of trying to save him in a weird way. It is, it yeah. is, it is really cool. Um, and also, you know, it maybe you know, in lore, it's that like thing of like, he's been trying to escape this whole time. Maybe that's why this one worked. Cause it like, it pulled from his experience in the local area and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. And, and it, it's also really cool how it's so deeply personal for her because it's about, her and her daughter and and her life sort of falling apart that she knows but to alan it's deeply impersonal because he doesn't even reference her in the stories he just refers to her as the hero um 
and she is in a in a wonderful. I don't think that's true. Are you sure? Does she actually does he actually reference Saga? Yes. Really? Yes. When? Plenty of times. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, e- even then, like he often still only refers to it as the hero. Like, like that—that that was the thing that has stuck out to me. That he will refer to the protagonist saga as the hero in in well, the in the um the manuscripts. That's something to keep in mind is that um, Alan wasn't aware of saga until that first time they sort of see like half like ghosts of each other, right? And so, like, I. I don't know what, like when. Yeah, it gets tricky with like to when the script was written yeah. and all of that, um, and, and how but, much of it's written by him, and how much of it is not written by him because it's also not always him, not always him, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, they're doing that a lot as well, and like it's also like a time bending kind of thing because he's seeing Saga do that, but at that point in time, like he's almost out of the dark place, yeah, but. When he sees it, he's well and truly in the dark place. So when does that happen? And, yeah. yeah, and and the the idea of Mister Scratch, I think, is a really cool, like, additional layer to all of this. Where he's like, mm. it's like that's the part of him that he that he's like trying to keep away, but it's also his doppelganger because it's not actually him, but like, like brother, it's definitely you, and like, yeah, it like it, the. the them treating it as a different character is really like pulpy crime in a way mm. that, that I really like. Um, I also like that, like when he comes out into reality, which happens fairly early in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not about him sort of like being this experienced badass. Like he's fucked up and he's still just a writer who's had to manage a gun and a flashlight. Yeah. And like, he is not more powerful from this. He is so fucked yeah. Because of this. Yeah. And he's like terrified because yeah. he's been living in a nightmare for over and a decade. And he's so lost. Yeah. Yeah. It it feels yeah. so genuine. Like like the the characters are all deeply troubled, but they all feel like that they have genuinely lived this. Mm. Um uh which is like a incredible testament to the writing. Like it it, it you don't get that often. You don't get, um, like, it is really hard to write a character 10 years after you've first finished writing them. That is mm. such a difficult thing to do. And to pick it up and make it feel correct and cohesive. Um, like I was saying just before um, we started recording, the very first time you hear Alan's voice in the game is in this weird corridor thing when you're playing a saga. And immediately Alan like jumps into like, like, you know, like the, like the dark presence is coming. Like I've, I've been trapped in here for 13 years and his, his performance, his way of speaking, his fear, but like his candor, it was this weird moment where like I had just played Alan Wake one and I hadn't even finished it, but I had this almost um, sense of nostalgia for him instantly because they had recaptured this character like and they didn't give it to you immediately you wait like two and a half hours before you really get get him yeah more um, if you're thorough like i am yeah or if you're struggling with the game at any point like, like it, i was yeah like it's like if you go through like a big section 
a big, big section before you finally see him and hear him for the yeah, first it's time. It's not like a prologue. It's like the first chapter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it was this weird, like, oh, my God, like, I've I've missed hearing him because mm. he's so specific. He's such a specific character. Um, and the live action stuff on top of all of that, like, it is so cool and it is such a, a like... Like, like I, I genuinely feel like Alan Wake 2 is actually pushing the medium forward in a way. Uh, it's I, I have to say it's one of the best cohesive uses of FMV. Um, like, I love seeing that applied in the modern day, but not, not just because, like, it's, it's neat, but they do such a fascinating yeah. amount of cool shit with it, like, over and over. They, they really utilize it as a, as a tool in the medium. And like, and like they use, they've used similar techniques in control where like they would do the funny like overlay of a real person silhouette sort of thing. They would do that in control a little bit, but like they use it to tremendous effect in this game. Like they, like the amount of different characters and you're so used to the animated version of them because you see them mm. in the world and you see them doing things. And then suddenly like you're getting a completely realistic and it's funny because the realistic versions almost look uncanny because your frame of reference is the animated versions of the characters. Suddenly getting the the live action versions of them, it's got this bizarre effect where like like the and and again this plays into the to the themes of the game. The the real versions of the characters, the real versions of the characters feel fake because mm. I'm so used to the animated ones. Mm-hmm. And that plays directly into the themes of the game about what is the real version of anyone and all that stuff, which is so good. And so, like, yeah, like, I think that this game is actually, like, creating not a new genre, but, like, a a new style of, of, of storytelling in games because of the way they've used the different, um, like, types of visual medium i guess um yeah. it's fucking cool it is cool it's fucking cool jeremy how do you find the gameplay I, I i really like it i'm like i'm i'm enjoying fighting like because the like fighting like fighting enemies as saga fighting enemies as alan like they are different but they share a commonality of like you know like the flashlight and like, then, like the mechanics yeah, yeah and they're like bang 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 um uh, I think that they feel different enough that I that I really enjoy sw- swapping between the two. Um, like I enjoy doing an entire segment where I'm like, I kind of just want to like fight cultists, and I know what that is because if I ever see an enemy as Saga, I know they're like real. In, yeah, in a way, like they're a real threat. And so, as opposed to having to figure out which shadow is even totally a, a threat, yeah. in the dream world, yeah. yeah. And so, I think that allows neither of them to feel super like stale or overdone for me. Um, which is a thing that I did find in, in Alan Wake one where like, I was kind of like every enemy was a real enemy. And it got, got like a little bit tiring at times. Cause I'm like, Oh fuck, they're over there. I'm just going to hopefully run around them and hopefully they don't catch up to me. And I'm just going to try and make it to the next, like Alan Wake one was all about just making it to the next light post. Mm. Um, whereas I've not found that nearly as much into it's like, 
life like the like the the lights that are the safe zones in the game they are important but they are not like they're not the dark souls bonfires that i just need yeah. to fucking make it there um uh the survival mechanics i'm i'm finding are tuned quite well where like i'm i'm i am usually close to running out but i'm never all the way out and if i am all the way out like it's because I fucked up and I accidentally did sixteen body shots when I should have done like three headshots. Um, the the thing that I'm that I'm not utilizing as much as the like the shoebox mechanic of like transferring items back and forth. Yeah, and I probably should be, but I'm not, and I might just. Is your inventory filling up? Uh, filling up enough. Um, I did I did run out of space. Um, as Alan. Um, and then I. And then I found the shotgun, and I'm like, "Oh well, I, I've I've now got too many things, and I need to." Figure I out. did the same thing, yeah. yeah. And so I like I need, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, should have put shit in the shoebox." Um, yeah, but but that's a lesson I've now learned, I guess. Um, yeah, like I I, I enjoy Are the you dying very often. Um, maybe like once an hour, maybe a little okay. bit more, maybe once every like forty minutes. Um, okay, but I, it's it's not um, like every you time don't I feel punished. Like it's it's punishing. Like it's sending, it, sometimes it will send me back a fair way, um, but not. Uh, usually, when I've died, it's like, oh, I, I sure did run for that exit without considering that there are actually sixteen goons nearby, right. which I should not have done. Um, like I think the thing that like the issue, the 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 biggest issue that I'm, that I'm having with the, with the gameplay is, um, I'm finding the enemy spawning very strange. And I'm not used to where enemies are showing up and where they're not. Um, like, as both Saga and Alan, I'm finding, like, weird, like, oh, like, I thought I cleared out this area, but they're back again, but they're not over here. Whereas then Alan, I'm like, okay, I'm in this decent area and these, like, cities, skyscraper areas that there's no enemies, and then there's a bunch in the next chunk, and I don't really know why. Um but I also really love the enemies as Alan. I think that that's like a really cool different twist on the Alan Wake like combat where like you don't know which ones are real, which ones are not, but they're all a threat, but you don't really know which ones are all the time. So you're sort of just like holding the flashlight on them and it's like it's thematically cool, but also like I see shadows all the time in my real life. And I can't, like I like I don't jump at them, but like I will always look at whatever I'm noticing in the corner of my eye. And so this game, I'm constantly just like, okay, like, like where the fuck are you all? Let me yeah. clear everything out. And they they I put too. they put fake ones in all the time, just off objects and the field of use a little bit weird because of it and all that stuff. I I think it's so fun. Yeah. I love the visual stuff they do in the dark place. Like the way the shadows dissipate, like yeah. the visual effect of that is incredible. Or the 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 black and white um, spots that you line up that creates that like eclipse yeah. effect. There's there's so many cool like supernatural effects that they create within this hyper realistic setting that they've made. Like it's a very visually striking game. The, the design is awesome. And even just the fidelity is fucking stunning like it's, isn't it it's such an incredibly good looking game like it's outrageous on on new rtx cards. yeah I've, I've i've seen gameplay of it on there it looks incredible and like even on you know current gen consoles which you know like they're not mm -hmm. they're, they're not like weak machines but um they're not 4090s no totally um they're they're 
it looks great on yeah i'm having a great time on ps5 yeah same like on Um, on xbox it looks incredible um and like i've looked i've watched the digital foundry for it as well yeah um it's wild how good it even looks on xbox series s um Mm -hmm. and like it and it runs great everywhere it's it's not a hundred percent perfect everywhere but it fucking might as well be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so a far cry from like um, Jedi Survivor. Totally, totally. Yeah. I uh, I had an interesting experience with the game this weekend because I, I said mm-hmm. to you a few days, I think I was, we were talking, I said, oh, we know the, perform- the there's a performance at the TGAs based on something that happens in the game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you should get to that part in the game before you watch it. And then I was thinking about it and I said to you, I don't know if I'm going to get back to it for game of the year or... And then in my head, like, I kind of go, like, or ever. Like, I don't know. I, like, I've, I I got to a certain point and I was kind of, like, I saw the game. I saw the game underneath all of the, the layers. Yeah. And it, I was, like, it, fuck. It, it's not hidden. Like, it, no. it, it's very, like, it, it, it's... It's a very obvious game in a lot of ways. Like the game yeah, part it of it is feels very obvious. structured. It's like, oh, the bridge is out. I have to go through here. This yeah. is going to be my next like hour of gameplay. Like, yeah. like, like it. Like, and I felt that, and I saw that, and I was just not in the mood for that when it happened. And I'm like, I'm out. Like, like I'm I'm done for now. Yeah. And I didn't go back. But then when I showed Sam that moment, they they were like, that was really, 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 really cool. Like they they loved it and they've been thinking about it and like i've had them i've had the thing stuck in my head all week and yeah. like it was cool and then sam went to bed we, we, and I'm we like, can say the song like it's like it's it's out now it's shown on a stage in front of a th- yeah you've seen it at, at tgas there's a there's a musical kind yeah, of yeah album. like I, I've, um, I've i've passed that bit in the game as well and it's tremendous yeah i i i really liked it when i played it the first time playing it the second time with sam i appreciated all i appreciated it all the more yeah, because right. um not only because, like, I kind of understood a bit more, like, I didn't get stuck in the bits I got stuck the first time, uh, but also the the effects that they were pulling off in there with the, like, they have all the projections of the FMV and then they they cast lights off the screen into the world that then, like, like, God rays that then pierce through the, like, trees on the stage and the and the other neon lights and the flashing of the car and and it's 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 a technical masterpiece as yeah. well as like just an excellently directed moment and yeah. such cool gameplay and a great palette cleanser. It's amazing. And a great song. Yeah. And so I played that moment. I'm like, Oh, that was fun. And says so like, yeah, that's fun. I have to go to bed. I'm like, yeah, no worries. And I'm like, I'll just load up my other save. We'll just, we'll just see how far I get. Yeah. Right. And I played for two and a half. I, I, I was at the start of a whole Allen section and I played the whole Allen section and like I was like oh I didn't hate it also knocked it down to story mode and had a great time I didn't die I died once and I don't know why yeah right <laughs> so sometimes it's just it was like-, like a scripted moment and like it didn't happen it happened the first time and it didn't happen the second time and I couldn't change anything and how weird there was like whatever but the, the checkpoint was right there so it was fine nice um and it was nice to just enjoy the game. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think you'd come back into my life, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, I enjoyed myself. Fuck. Yeah. What am I gonna do about that? <laughs> yeah. It's it's also like I'm actually like, and I don't usually do this that much, but I'm really enjoying exploring the huh. world of 
Oh, most like I'm enjoying exploring. I'm enjoying exploring the the world of Saga more. I am Alan. Like I really like being in the dark place for in as Alan, but I really mm. enjoy getting from A to B as Alan. Whereas walking around the woods as Saga, I I find that exploration much more um, palatable, but also like appropriate. Mm. Um. Saga's looking for clues. She's acting as a detective. I'm finding Alan's, like, you know, transcripts. I'm finding... I'm doing puzzles. I'm working at the cult, all that stuff. Um, by the way, I did the, the section... I don't know if you've done the section with the, the cult float. Yeah, I did. I, I really didn't like that. Uh, I found that so fucking funny all the way through. Oh, Th- man. Th- that whole chapter... That was, that was the moment I was telling you about where I was like... I thought I got to like the, the the point in that chapter where they were they were putting me into the like like the final sequence that would lead up to the boss fight to like conclude the chapter. Yeah. And you get to that room and they're like, We find four things. I'm like, oh, oh come on. Well, because like I had found like two of them by just exploring. I had too, but like I when I saw them the first time, I couldn't pick them up because they were like a tape player, yeah. for example. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like I know where that is. I literally found it. Like, yeah. and now you're just making me go back through it. And I could have picked it up the first. I was, I was actively frustrated. Yeah, but like, why, why would Saga have picked up a tape player? No, I point? know it's not about that. The thing is, like, I again, I saw the game. It was like, yeah. oh, that's why it was so obvious. And and this is another section. And I, it, I felt padded. I right. didn't want to be padded. I, I was like. I, I've got a bit of momentum here. I've I've gotten into this area. I can do this. Let's go and re-explore where I've already been for the last hour. Oh. Like, I was, it was just such a dead, like a flat tire. I was so like... Uh, to me, I, I was going through that being like, this whole thing is a... This is almost like a comedy section. Like, like that entire chapter is like deeply funny to me. I was like laughing the entire time so fundamentally different experiences Uh, with this game it was fascinating so great it was especially because like we're not denying the quality of the game like we can both see it and i'm just enjoying it in a very different way than you are and sometimes just not enjoying it when you do yeah right um yeah i'm all for it it's great yeah totally yeah um yeah like that's kind of it like I'm, i'm i'm still getting through it um I want to finish it in the next couple of days. Mm. I don't know if I will, um, and that's fine. Um, but I'll finish it after the fact. Um, but- Something that that caught my attention was when I was watching Game Awards with kind of funny, they were, and they were showing that moment, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is the Alan Wake moment." And Barrett said to Tim, "You know what, Tim? This is a you, this is an awesome moment in the game." And he said, "For me, I don't think it's even in my top three. And I'm like. Oh, <laughs> Barrett said that. Yeah. Uh, for, for no, 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 not the game for 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 his game of the year list. He says the musical moment is not in his top three moments in Alan Wake Two. Oh, okay, I understand. He what says it is that saying. moment is okay. great, and there's many more that are better. Yeah, right. Cool, 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 cool. Good, excited. Hmm. Maybe like maybe he's vibing with it the same way you are, and one of them is like the the moment on the lake with Sam Lake playing Alex Casey talking to Alan yeah. Wake, created by Sam Lake, who created Alex Casey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who could say? Yeah, I think about that point a lot. 
I've got, right, I've, got a funny, I've got a funny thing for the post show. Um, oh, great! Yeah. Well, everyone, if you want to uh, hear the post show, but you're not here with us live on Twitch, that is actually one of our Patreon benefits. You can find our post shows archived there on Patreon if you want to catch up with those after the fact. Um, it's time to end the show. It's uh, maybe well past time. It is. This is the longest episode we've done in a while, but hey, we kind of knew it would be going into it, which is helpful. It's good when we know it's going to be this long. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, were, we were preparing for it. Yeah. Um, so, hey, thank you so much for getting to the end of this episode with us. Uh, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm wrapping up like, like an episode of Bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> do, 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 uh, except without the often? song. <laughs> What? Do you do that often? No. <laughs> okay. I'm not a bear or a moon. Um, hey, all, thanks for listening. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week. We're getting... It's bloody halfway through December almost. We're, we're about to get to the end of year discussions. We are putting together some type of silly awards like we did last year. We're also going to be doing um, our thoughts for game of the year. It's going to be a whole thing these next couple of weeks. Um, and then we will be going on uh, some sort of hiatus for most of January. Uh, as we did last year, this is planned for this year, then we'll update you uh, closer to when we come back. But don't worry about that for, for now. We've got at least two more episodes in the tank. Um, if you want to follow us so you don't miss an episode or a live stream, uh, you can go to MinimapAU, at MinimapAU rather, on social accounts. Um, you can follow us individually as well. Uh, Jeremy, where can they follow you on Twitter or other places? Uh, at obi one Jez on everything that isn't Blue Sky. And on Blue Sky, you can follow me at jeremy.minimap.com.au. Uh, you can follow me at KJ Palmer underscore 24 on Twitter without the underscore 24 on Blue Sky. Um, and by the way, if you want to find Minimap on Blue Sky, it's just the website name, minimap.com.au. That's how you find us on Blue Sky. Uh, you can head to the website, that same website, minimap.com.au, to find all other things we do that isn't the Minimap cast, like our PAX coverage. Uh, I've done some reviews since then. There's great stuff over there. For those of you who live with us on Twitch, we're going to find out what Jeremy's uh, thing for the post show is in just a second, so stick around. Uh, for those of you listening or watching later, uh, if you could give us a positive rating if you enjoyed this show, it would help out so much. It would go a long way, uh, and it just takes a couple of seconds. Uh, lastly, just as I mentioned before, patreon.com slash minimapau if you want to help us out. It's five Australian dollars. You get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast. Things like archives of the post show, things like uh, our watch along reacts, which we're going to record more from more of from the desk soon. Uh, look forward to that. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to get out of here. Have a good week. Uh, enjoy your December. And until next time, um, uh, Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> good friends, goodbye. Oh my god, you pulled that up so quick. Now it's time to go. I don't remember the song well enough but to know hey, what they're going to sing next. I say, well, that's okay. Because we'll see you very soon. I know. Oh man. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Big Blue Bear. <laughs> <laughs>